Chicago Clubhouse and the 1252 Sports Chicago Network. Well, Tayshawn, thank you for uh, joining us today. And, and we wanted to recognize you every year. Each of the 32 NFL teams media chapters select a player or players who are the best to the media in their respective markets in terms of cooperation, in terms of working with us, and in terms of doing your best to help us do our jobs. And uh, this year, as I think you've been told, we actually ended up with a tie because you and a teammate were so outstanding. Um, and it was with almost everybody in the room casting a vote. And, and you guys were uh, pretty much the runaway winners. And there's also something else special about this year. Um, unfortunately, as you may have heard, we lost a member of our group just last week. His name is Jeff Dickerson. And uh, if anybody in the history of media has represented the, the term or the phrase good guy, it was JD. Uh, he just absolutely meant a ton to all of us. I know that he was great with all the players as well. And so in honor of Jeff, we have renamed our award, the Chicago Media Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award. And uh, it is my pleasure to get to present it uh, first to you this afternoon. We appreciate you guys for this, man. Uh, it's an honor. You know, truly, I, I think that it's an honor, man, to have that type of relationship with you guys to be able to come in here and answer the questions. And, and just have that, that that communication back with you guys. So I appreciate y'all for voting for me, man. Um, this gonna go in my office. So another hardware, man, for 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 me in my office, man. But I truly, genuinely, I appreciate this, man. And it's it's uh, it's my pleasure getting in front of you guys, talking to you guys every week. Uh, so I appreciate this honor, yeah. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it too, because man, it's about time somebody. Got an award on the Bears, right? <laughs> Somebody needed to get one. Congrats to our buddy Tayshawn Gibson and Robert Quinn, actually, for both winning the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award. That's something that we have an award, too, for Warwick for putting up with us for this whole season, JB. Thank God we got you here with us, guys. Welcome to another episode of Bear Fans with Brain. It's with me always is my buddy Warwick Holman and JB. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, doing good. Real good, real good. Of course, my, my technical difficulties started off with a bang. I couldn't <laughs> get my music up right right away, but we'll make it work like we always do. So, guys, let's get to it, man. So, Bears, they won a game. They trounced the Giants 29-3, guys. First and foremost, I got to ask you, same thing. What's your takeaway from this? JB, you can go first. I'm going <laughs> to um... I'm just going to start calling you two now because you guys do this whole Bueller, Bueller thing. Let's get rolling with it. So JB, it's all you, bud. So it's, it's, it's all good. So um, <laughs> me personally, again, I love what the defense did. Even though it was the Giants, you have to play who's in front of you. I do really, really appreciate what Robert Quinn has brought to the team this year. He, you know, I know some people think records are not meant to be broken because we fall in love with that particular player more so than what the record and the, the spirit of competition is. So I'm happy that Robert Quinn broke Richard Dent's record, man. It, it stood for a long time, and that just shows that, hey, for this year, we at least picked the right guy for that position to do what we paid him and asked him to do. So I'm very happy with that. Very happy with that. Oh, you work. Okay. That was that was quick, JV. I was quick. That was I'm quick because I got a negative. JV having a okay. – having a- quick and you know rapid response like that usually slow and steady uh, with you 
Right. I'll piggyback off that, JB. Uh, obviously, Robert Quinn tipped my hat off to him, break a sack record, to break, to break any record, especially a guy like Richard Dent. And <laughs> we all know Richard Dent. So that was a, a big record to break. And like I say, I tipped my hat off to him. Uh, the defense came out to play, obviously. We all kind of predicted that they, <laughs> what they was going to do, which I was happy, actually, that they actually went out and dominated like they did with turnovers, starting the game off and just getting after it. Big hits starting when the game started. So I like that offense did what they needed to do. It was just a game where the Bears were the better team and they showed it. Like those are game, these are the games where when you're a better team and we we don't get to say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to say that a lot, but this was a this was truly a game where the Bears were just a better team than the Giants. Like they just they just showed like, hey, we're a better team. We wanted more than y'all. And the Giants was going through injuries and stuff. So like, I know the Giants are having a tough uh, tough time, but, hey, we'll take the win, especially that type of win. I'll take it every day. Yeah, absolutely. Just like I said last week, it's our homecoming game. Right. This was our homecoming game, guys. They were good in all phases of the game. You know, right. the defense led by the Gibson bros, man. We had Travis Gibson, a couple sacks, strip sacks for that. You've got also Tayshawn Gibson, who we saw in, in, in the beginning. He had a pick. The defense came to play. Roquan. You know, Robert Quinn, you can't say enough. Congrats to you on that. I'm happy about that. I wish it would have happened last year, but I'll take what I can get from you. Um, just making plays, forcing turnovers, things that we're used to seeing, but it's against the Giants. So don't forget, guys, that it was Mike Glennon. It was the early Giants. So you can't really take it completely, you know, 100%, but I'm happy with it. So the offense – they took advantage of the short field. They had a one little uh, Andy Dalton slip up. He almost threw a pick in the end zone. I wish I could have had that back. Right. I would have been happier if they would have got in the end zone on that play. But had a solid first half. Second half, they only got seven points, but the defense held them to three the entire game. You can't really say anything more than that. I don't care who you play in the NFL. If you're holding a team to three points, you're doing a good job. Absolutely. Period, period. Um, and our – our buddy Troy Palomalu jumping in already. It's a beautiful day. We finally got rid of Big Slouch. <laughs> no idea who Big Slouch what? is. Like, but we'll figure that out later. I don't know. You know how he is. My, um, only, my only negative will we let Saquon Barkley get 100 yards rushing. So. Yeah, that I, and I was going to say that, too, because I was like, we needed to keep him in check, in my opinion. Right, right. But they, they, they did a fair enough job. But he, he didn't score a touchdown, so I was right. like, he just got he got yards, but no touchdowns. So we were, like we were his first hundred yard of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hated like one or something. I hated that part, but I was like, other than that, though, we did like. Well, the other thing that I was kind of upset about, I won't even lie, um, Thomas Graham not really playing uh, as much as I'd like him to. I'm, I'm still baffled by this. The kid goes out there. He makes play after play after play in the Minnesota game. You 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 really needed him in that game to yeah. try to really win the game, and he he showed up time and time again. Nagy's still not playing this kid, not understanding why he's making plays. There's got to be something we're not seeing here. I don't know what it is, but from what I see on the field, everything translates well for me with him. I, I, I feel like him at this point – is a good slot corner, just like kind of Kendall Vildor was last year. He's a guy that's kind of creeping up. We're starting to notice a little more. Maybe he takes that next step. 
but Nagy's going to Nagy. Nagy don't want to play him, so we'll have that. But the other guy, Tevin Jenkins, I think he only got six snaps of any of this end, game yes. at the end of the game. This is a blowout game. Why are you not playing your backups a little bit? You owe them this. You're leaving. These guys have busted tail for you all year. Play the young guys a little bit. See what they have. I know that it's a lost season, but when you're up by 26 points, you're telling me that you can't play the backups a little more than what you did? So can I give you my conspiracy theory now? Uh, absolutely you can. <laughs> <laughs> I love conspiracy theories. <laughs> so part of the people, so I was talking in some circles and was like, well, maybe Jenkins really didn't play that much because they knew Jason Peters was coming back. And I was like, well, no, hold on. That can't be true because you already know what you have in a Jason Peters, even if he decides to come back for next year. Why? If he would, Lord knows, only him knows. But for him to only get six snaps at the end of a blowout, to me, is yeah. more telling of what you really wanted to do to what? Make Andy Dalton a star, to showcase Andy Dalton that game, to make sure Andy Dalton doesn't run for his life and have, you know, have to worry about false starts and being put in third and, and super longs and stuff. I dig a little deeper and think of that kind of things because honestly, 173 yards, one touchdown, one pick should have been two others, literally should have been two others. The touchdown that should have been to um, Marquise Goodwin, it was a little behind. Like I've seen enough of the Andy Dalton show. It's like he's still trying to prove to us Andy's the man. And we don't need to prove. I mean, do you guys need to see it anymore? I don't. I didn't need to see it when they signed him. I didn't need exactly. to see it. I'm pretty I mean, sure we all knew. Warwick said it before. Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton. We already know what he is. What's the point of putting him out there at this point? But I was going to have a question for you guys tonight, all geared up. I had the show ready, getting in, in there, typing my little promo. And then all of a sudden, Justin Fields is not playing <laughs> due to COVID protocol. So now, you know, I have to go back to this again. Nick Foles or Andy Dalton, I, I think we all stand on the same pad on this. I think we all think that it should probably be Nick Foles, right? Uh, or does it really matter? It doesn't matter to me. At this it point. doesn't matter. <laughs> last, game of the, last game of the season, you're going into the Vikings, to Minnesota to play the Vikings. So, I mean, <laughs> they they a toss-up to me, really. They both kind of do the, the same thing to me, kind of like they not really know. What's up, good? Hey, moms. Hey, moms. moms. <laughs> yeah, they just they kind of the same cut from the same club to me. So I don't think it, I don't see that them gonna make a bigger difference who you play Andy Dalton or Falls. So, and I agree, but I think the reasoning. See, at the end of the year, Nagy's gone. Foles will still be here, right? Dalton's gone. So why not show a potential suitor what Foles has against a pretty good team? Foles probably, like I said, Foles probably could have played against the Giants and we would have had that 30, 40 points, yeah. that 300-yard passer. But, you know, sometimes it's just not in Andy Dalton's nature, not pulling the trigger fast enough. I don't know about you guys, but did you did you see, like, a lack of zip on his ball? I was like, it's taking forever for that ball. To, the one that Allen Robinson on the far side, I'm yeah. like, it's taking forever for that ball to get there. And, I mean, I get it. I'm not saying he's old. But maybe he's just tired. Maybe he doesn't <laughs> have it right now. He's so, tired too. If I played for this organization, uh, hey, amen. He's speaking to the choir. But I just, <laughs> I just have to sit. I just have to sit and wonder. With the man on his way out, why wouldn't you go out with the bank? And it's the Vikings. You have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. Work. We always talk. You're auditioning for your next job. 
Right. Put the man in there who can actually throw the ball to help you possibly get your next job, college, quarterbacks coach, maybe some type of passing game coordinator. Hell, maybe even on, on somebody's TV show. All right. But maybe why you not? Bear fans with a brain. I don't know. You never know. Nagy, I got a spot right under here for you. I don't got a lot of questions that. for you. I don't think you're going to like them, but. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's ready for that. You're always invited. <laughs> it's, la- no. it's, la- it's last game, like, especially when you're out the playoffs. Like, I remember I've been in this situation a lot. Last game, you just want to finish the season on a positive note, no injuries. Like, how they, how they, the saying goes, the hay is in the barn at this mm-hmm. point. Like, <laughs> you can't, all you can do, all you can do right now this last game is hurt hurt your offseason, how you looked at and view in the offseason. Because you ain't going to really make make a break. If you go out and have a great game, they're going to be like, okay, you had it one game. So right now they just – I just want the Bears to – which I'm going to say later, but I just want them to finish – how they just finish this at a positive note going into the offseason. So I think that's how the Bears looking at it. I know that's probably how Nagy want to look at it. Obviously he want to win. If this is his last game, he want to go out a winner. So he probably just <laughs> – he probably just basically like, hey, Andy Dalton was the second guy. We're going to let it stay like that. We ain't going to let him lose his job. So – but then that makes other questions come up to me, in my mind now. Do you play a Jason Peters and not get Tevin any reps? Do you not play a Thomas Graham? Hell, should we even play David Montgomery? Stay tuned later for my bare minimum because <laughs> we're going to have this conversation. <laughs> if you, you know, stay tuned till the end of bare minimum, you're going to know this answer from my, my I, tell you, I tell you, I tell you who has to play, though. Allen Robinson has to play. We agree on that, right? He has to play. Not really. I mean, he ain't. <laughs> I don't really care if he does or not. I know we don't, but he doesn't have an. He doesn't have anything like his. You think he's going to come out and and just play like lights out his best game of the year? Right. I think for his next contract, he has point. to. Because right now he's not a seventeen million dollar year player. He's looking no. more like a six or a seven this year, right? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We did have a good game against the Giants. <laughs> I mean, he had that's a what I'm saying. So, decent game against them. He had what? He had um, he had a 17 million a year guy game. No, no. Yeah, he no. had. He had how many yards did he have in that? He had. Sorry, I for some reason brought up this week's game in, instead of the last game. He had, and then he fell. Remember when he was like taking out? He fell. Like you had that many yards. He is number. Oh, well, I'm looking at like the yards. I'm looking at the wrong game. I'm looking at the Bears Vikings game from yeah, the other. Yeah, day. like thirty some yards or something like that. Yeah, he didn't have that. Like that. He did have some uh, first downs that I was pretty happy with that that we needed at the time. He had four catches for thirty five yards. Exactly. Yeah, that so, doesn't move the needle for me. <laughs> underwhelming as yeah. usual. That's what we're used to seeing from him, though. So, no surprises here. But going forward, I mean, I'm kind of happy that Justin didn't play just because I don't really want to risk it you know what's the point he's not going to be with this offensive scheme next year what's the real advantage of sending your young QB out there at this point Warwick any point <laughs> the only the only positive I could look at it would just be like just let him finish the season out on a high note like with a win or playing and like I say, how you finish the season is, kind of, is how you kind of start into your offseason, your OTAs. Because once this game is over, you're going to come back to Hallis Hall. You're going to have your ending meeting where they, everybody going to say their goodbyes. And 
you know, thank you for playing with me because in this in the NFL, you never know who's gonna be on the next team. So not for long. This, at the end of the season, you shake hands, you tell everybody, you know, you spec, you play hard. I'm I, I was happy to play with you for a season. And you know, if you're here next year, hey, let's go try to go get it again next year. But I might be some or you might be or I might be somewhere else. So after that, you you're not you're gonna be out the building for a couple months. So when you come back in the building, you want your last time when you say when you see your coaches, your position coach or your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you want your last you want them to remember, hey, your last game, you was balling. Cause they're gonna tell you, like, all right, so let's let's take where you ended and let's start this next season like that. Just keep the ball rolling. So that's the only reason I would say let him play, just so he could go into the offseason with some positive. But other than that, like, and that's another that's one thing. That's my conspiracy thing. Like that COVID list. <laughs> I know, man. It's easy. It's easy to say, "Hey, I don't want to play this guy. He he got COVID or he tested for COVID." I'm starting to wonder about that's that. Like the ultimate bailout now. Yeah, like that's why I was like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you no. watch this press conference talking about it, work, he didn't really seem that enthused about the game anyway. Yeah, it's just kind of man, like whatever. And it's and that's and remember, like when we was talking about this. Four or five weeks ago, when I was saying, like, when you get to a point where you start losing and you know you're probably not gonna make the playoffs, it's easy to check out. Mm-hmm. It's easy to check out, and especially yeah. for a vet who's already got guaranteed money, like your salary guaranteed. So, especially if you don't want to be here, like a Allen Robinson, to me, that's how I feel. He's playing like I don't want to be here, so my money's guaranteed, and I'm going somewhere else. And it didn't fit. I, you know, it just didn't fit. I want to move on, so I'm going to play like that. So that's what I say. I always wanted to see guys who, like, no matter what the situation is, they're going to play hard because they want to. They know, like, the name on the back of their jersey is what they stand for. So right. my name is on the back of my jersey. So when somebody say my name, I want them to say like he a hard player. I don't care if I'm playing on a team that ain't won no games or we we undefeated. I still want to play hard. So. That's just the type of players you want on your team, like guys who like I want to bust my butt. I don't care, like a Robert Quinn. Like, hey, I'm a break yes. in a losing season. I'm gonna still I have something to play for. So, and he's even good with the media. He he won he won the Jeff Dickerson Award this week. Right, so right. he's even good with the media, and he's good on the field like that. So yeah, Robert Quinn, that's a guy. I and mean, I got a little trade rumor I heard earlier. I'm gonna have to ask you guys. And <laughs> yeah, it, I know what it is. I, I, it we'll, we'll get to that. Robert Quinn, but. We don't have to get on that right away because you all know how I feel about that whole situation. <laughs> but to a point, don't you all just feel just a little bit, and maybe it's just a competitor in me. I don't like that taste in my mouth, 0 for 6 in the red zone against these Vikings and the way that they were cheap shot me. I want to go out there and prove to you as a quarterback, hey, that was well, a, that was an anomaly. Stay tuned later in the show, guys, because we're going to have a whole segment about it. <laughs> Yeah, we are definitely talking about that because that's something. Of course, you knew I was going to bring that up because I knew Warwick was going to be here. So I, <laughs> you know me and Warwick are going to go back and forth on this one. So we have a quick question from our buddy uh, Keith Perry here. He said that for you guys and wonder if Warwick wants to get – he has a question for us. What's the question? Yeah, what's the question? What's the question, Keith? Hey, tell me what He's you think. What you think. <laughs> The suspense is killing me. <laughs> what it is. While we wait for him, we're going to take a quick commercial break and hear from our buddies at Nick and Ivory Brewery. 
Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. And that was a word from our sponsor, Nick and Ivy Brewery down in Lockport, Illinois. Guys, make sure you get there today. Try all their new beers. They have a whole new list coming out. If you want to know the um, the list, just go to nickandivybrewery.com. That's the best I can tell you. Hopefully, I'm going to get down there soon. Um, might have some things in the works down there. So we'll let you know about that. Hopefully, COVID gets by soon. We can all get back to normal and start, start having fun again. Hmm. Right, guys? So speaking of fun... I had I had something from our 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 fun guy Matt Nagy. I just had to play. So take a listen. Hey Matt, um, whether Justin plays or not, what is your most honest assessment of of his rookie year? And and do you in, in retrospect do you do you wish he had sat all year or do you wish he had played all year? Could it wouldn't it have been better one or the other instead of kind of the way it's worked out? Not not you know for obvious reasons, injuries and stuff. But do you wish it would have been one way or the other? And which way? No, I don't, because I think everything happens for a reason. I believe that, um, you know, we went into it with a plan of Andy being the starter for the entire season, and uh, it didn't go that route. Uh, We had to make sure that if Andy was going to get injured, which he did, was Justin prepared enough to to be the starter and could he grow? And and he's done that. And I think you got to give Justin a lot of credit. So I've always been wired that way where whatever happens, that's it's supposed to be that way and, and you attack it. So um, I, I just I think with the way that it's gone from the very first start for Justin against Cleveland in that environment, that atmosphere, the way we've learned um, how to use him and his development between the coaches and him himself with his teammates, his relationships. There's a lot of good from that. So, our Bear fans with a brain poll question of the week is, do you think Matt Nagy handled the Justin Fields playing time correctly this season? So, I had three answers on this. I had no, they should have competed at the start of camp. No, he should have sat all season. Or yes, he wasn't ready to play yet. Anybody. (laughs) You know what? I'll go first. (laughs) I was waiting for the fourth one. (laughs) Well, I thought about a fourth one, but I didn't want to get I didn't want to get it too big and crazy. So I I actually had another member say that, like, well, well, why isn't there this or this or that? I'm like, because I don't want a six six page list of answers. (laughs) Simple stuff to get simple, quick answers on this guy. So I said it at the beginning of the season. I didn't really think he was ready. But the reasoning behind that was because that he didn't get any first reps with the entire first uh, string offense in training camp at all. So why would you want to push him out there in the season when they built an offense that was predicated around Andy Dalton, not Justin Fields? We know that Matt Nagy can't adjust. 
and he wasn't going to adjust. We we've seen it in the past. So what made me feel indifferent about him starting was that I was concerned about his overall well-being. Just like we saw, all you have to do is go back and watch the Cleveland game. That game in itself was enough for me to know exactly what I was thinking at the beginning of the year, that he wasn't ready because he wasn't put in the correct situations. You should have either made him a third-string QB and made Nick Foles your backup, who's a little more fit with the system, just like Warwick said earlier. Warwick and Andy Dalton are, are kind of the same guy. So why would you even risk putting Justin Fields in that situation if – you're not going to change your offense to his strengths. So I say you you either give him a jump from the get-go at training camp and you and you have some a form of packages ready for him and build, or you just sit him for the year. JB? So my answer is always going to be, and um, my boy Christian, what's going on, Christian? Um, my mom is listening. Mom, close your ears because I'm about to say F no. We're going to get to these other questions. I've got I've got a few questions on the side, guys. I promise you, as soon as we're done with this topic, I'm going to get to these questions. We we want your questions. Keep them coming, please. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. JB, keep going. So <laughs> Don't one, stop the F-bombs. You already know. One, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't build your plan around one QB, especially a slightly aged QB. And that be your only plan. You didn't have a plan B. All that I saw with him was Justin Fields was in case of emergencies, break the glass. That was it. Which tells me two things. One, he probably really didn't even want Justin Fields when they drafted him, when they traded the draft capital and traded up to get him. Because it doesn't seem like he was that pumped. Like, oh, man, skip Andy Dalton. You see this guy we got here? But then all through the season, fellas, remember, the person that was with Justin Fields the most, Bill Lazor, yeah. often came out and said, right now, they are what and what? Neck and neck. To me, to me that is so telling. Because now, if you really didn't want that guy, and especially coming off of what the Mitch Trubisky tobacco, as far as how I'm, I'm figuring how Maggie was thinking, why would he want another quarterback that – Really can't run my offense. At least I got a guy that I feel comfortable that can run my offense, and we're going to go with that. So, no, not one time did he ever script a play, a series, a sequence to where let me add some bells and whistles to what Justin does best. But guess what? As a rookie, we don't know what he does best yet because you never saw it in training camp with the ones. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's so telling. I forgot Warren doesn't know my new sounds. Like oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we often talk about the ineptitude in our in our in our franchise, and to me, this is just another one of those notches in the wrong direction where it's like, well, dude, you the head coach, you didn't you didn't prep for this? No, and I mean, like one other thing too on that JB, it's aren't you always you know always preaching? You got to have you know really good competition at every level. You every want level. competition in every position, right? You want guys battling. You want guys going at it, especially at QB. You don't want anyone feel, you know, feeling like they're just complacent at QB. Look at look at what Cleveland's dealing with right now at the quarterback position. They have one guy, Baker Mayfield, and that's 
it. He knows he's got his job. He knows he's got it next year. I mean, I'm not saying he's not trying, but what I'm saying is that you need competition at every position. And Top quarterback should be the number one spot that you put that in, correct? I don't want my backup, third string, whatever you want to call him, quarterback, fighting for the clipboard position. I don't Like want- Tyler Bray did all last year for the Bears. He was just – he was camping easy down there in the <laughs> practice squad, jump up third string. He was making cash money every day just – Running the practice squad team, he wasn't. He didn't even have to play. Hmm. Why don't you? Why don't you try to breed competition all over? That's why Matt Nagy's not going to be here anymore, in my opinion. Just because he can't adjust, he doesn't preach competition. He's got his guys, and that's why his guys love him. And I feel like that's why some of these guys are playing for him because they know with Matt Nagy, they don't have to deal with the competition that other NFL teams have or deal. with. On a daily but doesn't that divide the locker room? Because what if you and I are does. busting our butts and it's like, man, he putting dude out here again? <laughs> it does. Young guys, old guys. Did Jalen Johnson not say a few weeks back? Did he not come out and say that you know some of these guys are quitting, some of they're not quitting? We're gonna see who's really made of what here, right? That's right. Jalen Johnson. So maybe there is a divide that we don't know about between young guys and old guys. These young guys know that they've earned these spots and that they're not really getting the playing time that they deserve, a.k.a. a Thomas Graham, a Tevin Jenkins. He's giving it to the old vets. And I think that's a problem. I think you've got to put best player available on the field all the time. And that that's one of the reasons why he's gone. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know, Warwick. Like, right. You can speak on this better than all of us. So it's always going to be a divide in the locker room between older guys and younger guys just because experience. Obviously, if you got a rookie or a first-year guy, by the time you get to about your third year, you kind of know how the NFL works, you know the ropes. But when you first get into the league, it's a lot of stuff. And it's not just football. It's not – it's like you got to learn the politics of football. You got to learn the – you got to learn like like a gram. You got to learn that you get to play on Sundays about – you getting to play on Sunday is how you practice all week. How you how you sit in meetings, how you prepare, how if the coach call your name and ask you what the check is that you can answer him off of. You don't even have to sit there and, uh, 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 coach, I got the flat. Uh, coach, I got flat. But if the guy come in motion, I'm checking back. I got deep third. You already, you got to know that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like I say, these are guys' lively, livelihoods. Like you got a coach that's saying, hey, I'm already on the hot seat. <laughs> if I put a guy out here that I barely even trust him in practice, I'm not going to throw you in the game. Like, you're going to look terrible. And then the fans don't care about – fans don't care about the whys. The whys and what happens. All they care about is what they see on Sunday. And they – I'm sorry. That's how it works. And I, and I mean, we care about the whys here, guys. Right. We do. We do. But and not Nagy's whys. That's why I like talking. <laughs> but for the majority, you see what you see on TV. If you see a guy get beat, he got beat, he sucked, get him out of here. But you don't know all the stuff they go into that. So mm-hmm. – and with a Justin Fields, like, I'm – uh, I've been on both sides, so you have. <laughs> so, so I like I like to see a young guy get a chance to learn the game, and that's a that's what hurt a lot of players when they get in the league is they're drafted at high, they drafted high, they're thrown in, thrown in with the wolves, with the big dogs. They still a pup, <laughs> and they get ate apart. I saw that personally here in Texas with uh, David Carr. When he yes. Got- oh yeah, he did. He, his career got basically <laughs> – he didn't have a chance. He had no line, but they threw him in and expected him to be the greatest guy ever. 
So I do like that. Yeah, we do. Our buddy Scott <laughs> Hopkins here said there's the wise then. Well, we get the the WTF. We all exactly. know what that and is. Nobody, and we can't answer the we can't answer those. So we just be like, uh <laughs> you just scratch your head and go, when is right. this guy leaving? But, but isn't isn't a lot of that of his own demise? Like he self-inflicted wounds. Well, it's like, the same thing like whenever Lovey just was loyal to his guys on offense. He was loyal to certain guys. That ended up killing Lovey Smith in the end. Right. It ended up making him out, you know. I think head coaches just get stuck in their own ways, and they think that their way is the only way. I but mean, the smart ones adjust. The, the smart ones do adjust, but a lot of coaches, they're going to go down with their ship. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like if they don't stand by what they believe in and, and ride that down to the bottom of the ocean and they just jumping back and forth, they still going to end up sinking the ship. So yeah, a lot of this stuff is – a lot of this stuff is. And when you get down to it, and like I said, when you really break it down, we think about all these conspiracies and what's going on. When you really break it down, it's just coaches being loyal to coaches and players and guys running their system and saying, players fit my system. I'm not going to change my system three or four times to fit people. Now, so, smart coaches – I think coaches should adjust. They should be able to have different tools in their bag. So, hey, he don't, know, he don't understand this or this concept not working. Let's try this against this team. Those are the coaches that I think that are smart and adjust. But a so, lot of coaches are not like that. they like, like if, I'm John Harbaugh. Coach, if I'm a running coach, I'm going to run the ball. I don't care. And that's it. Can I, can, I can I give you an example? And I want your, I want you, your honest. I know you're always going to give it to me, but I just want – because I want to make sure I'm not, you know, behind on this. You got your – and I'll say top to bottom. So you got your Bill Belichick coach, right? Right. And then you got your coach just, just trying to get his feet wet, cut his teeth, so to speak. Then you got your in-betweens like your Pete Carroll's and what have you, right? But then you have your coaches that do adjust on the fly, like your Mike Tomlins. Remember, Mike Tomlin used to be a proponent of running the ball. Then he was like, oh, well, you know, we got these receivers. Let Ben spin a little bit. And Antonio Brown. Jr. And he, you know, Le'Veon right. Bell came in. Then he got this balance, right? Right. So, to me, when you adjust for the greater good of what you have on your team and not be so stubborn, Bill O'Brien, right, <laughs> you last longer. It's only 32 of these jobs, right? right? So, if you don't adjust to how the game is and how – not saying that running the ball doesn't work. Not saying that – your scheme doesn't work at times. But when you – I say this all the time. When I have a three-point shooting basketball team, why am I going to the low post all the time? <laughs> it just – it does not make sense. And we see this from Nagy, time in and time out. I'm beginning to think, honestly, I'm beginning to think it's just a Andy Reid coaching thing. It might be. I knew you were going to say that too. I, was like, I just Here saw it comes. I know what he's about to say. to fourteen, and then the next, you don't do nothing but get three points in the second half because you dialed it down. Well, they, they adjusted can... and you didn't. Like I see that in Nagy all the time, all the time, and it's like it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. No, it's I, not. I think the difference between the two, JB, though, is that. Andy Reid can get a feel for something now because he's seasoned enough and has been around long enough to understand situations and know when it's right to dial stuff back. Remember when he was in Philly? It was the same problem that we had with Nagy. He wasn't running the ball. Everyone in Philly wanted him gone. It was yes. the same story week, year in and out, year in and year out. Yeah. I mean, 
it's the same with Nagy. So a part of me was always sitting back going, well, maybe if we give him enough time, he's going to figure that out and he's going to learn. And it's year four and he's still doing it. And granted, again, Andy Reid in Philly, four years, he was doing that same kind of stuff too in his fourth year. Maybe he goes somewhere else and figures it out. I hope he does. I like the guy, but it just can't be here. It just can't. And in saying that, I'm going to get to our next uh, topic, guys. We're going to get to the questions right after this topic, I promise. <laughs> this, this is kind of a two-part topic. Okay. So now we're going to hear what Justin Fields has to say about Good. his soon-to-be former coach, Matt Nagy. Hey, Justin, I had a very similar question, but with Coach Nagy, what have been your takeaways from working with him in your rookie season? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Coach Nagy's a great coach. Um, you know, uh, I know there's been a lot of outside talk or whatever, but, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's, you know, he's coached me to the best of his ability. And, um, you know, he's a great person uh, on and off the field. And, you know, I'm just, you know, happy I got to experience this, this first year with him and, um, you know, just all the players and all the coaches. Okay. <laughs> I got a better one for you. <laughs> wow. So much enthusiasm in there from Justin, guys. What do you think about those comments? You want to just ride the sleigh all day on this no, one? Go ahead, Ward, because you I seen the disgust on your face. That's, man. I mean, <laughs> what I wanted to get the most out of this. I one mean, more. it's just a it's the cookie cutter. They probably hand him a look, the index card. He read the card. Say this, say that. Word Don't say salad, this, baby. I mean, that's the name of the game. Like you gotta remember, this is a small league. Like. Circles are small, like coaching trees. There's only about three or four coaching trees in the whole NFL. Like, yeah, you're not gonna burn bridges. You're not gonna burn bridges when there's only a, a number of jobs. Like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna. If I was on that team, I'm not gonna talk about Nagy because I don't know where I'm gonna be two years from now. I might be on the team with Nagy. Yeah. Like, I might need him to stand up for me to so I can make this team. So he said what he's. That's what he's supposed to say. If he said anything else, I'd have been like, come on, Justin Fields, like. You say the cookie cutter stuff, like you're supposed to say. That's just how it works. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we hate as fans, you want them to like just spill the beans and tell like yeah. they're on hard knocks and tell the truth and do all this, but no, nah, he can't do that. Like, he's gonna say, Hey, he's a great guy. He coached me to the best of his ability. I respect him. He's a great person. I wish the best for him. If he's here, I'm gonna work for him. If he's not, see, I know how to say it. I ain't even played and look, you just look, you just said the same yeah. answer. One of these days, I know how one of these work. days. On the off-season shows, I'm going to get a list of stuff just for you to answer for us because right. there's so many fans that are curious about, like, these kind of questions about, right. like, you right. know, how they really teach you how to speak to the media, how they teach you to do so-and-so in this. We're going to pick your brain a little bit. You don't really – a lot of times, a lot of times when you do those interviews, they already pretty much tell you what to say, like. They don't want How do you to. remember like exactly what to say at which just, moment? You say, the same, you say the same thing every week. You, say you just say it in a different manner every time. Like think about it. Every time you lose, I respect my opponent. Those yeah. are hardworking guys. You say the same thing because number one, you don't want bullet bulletin board material. That's mm -hmm. one. We'll get number to that two, later. Number two, you always gonna respect your opponent because, like I said, you're in a league where you could actually be on that team next year. Like I say, when I first got to the league as a rookie, yeah, I hate the Packers. I wish I would see a cheese head. I, ooh, I. <laughs> <laughs> after, my, after five I years. I would have liked you back then. <laughs> yeah, after I went to free agency, I'm like, man, like, 
I ain't talking about no team. I could be a Packer next year. Like, you don't know how it works. <laughs> like, it, it's a business. Like, he's saying, he's, think about it. He said, just like if you was at a job, any other job, and you was finna get let go, you're gonna say, hey, thank you for giving me the opportunity to work here. Now, in your head, you're thinking, I hate you, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna be like, thank you, Mr. Whoever. I, hey, thank you for giving me a chance to work here. Hopefully, if I ever get a chance to come back, Blah blah, because you're gonna need him for your resume, and that's just how it is in the NFL. Like, it's not, it's, it's it's still a professional, it's still like some professionalism, excuse me, that you need in this sport. So, he did the right thing. Like, that's how you do it. Like, you don't throw nobody on the bus. That's the thing about this sport. And and I want to, I saw where the question, I don't want to like keep going, but I saw where he said loyalty in professional sports. Mm-hmm. But loyalty is a, you got to understand, loyalty and like pride and like what you plan for on that field is, is, a lot of things, what you have, like the only thing you have as a football player, like you can't control injuries. You can't control if you got a naggy where y'all team, like, yeah, like loyalty. It, like, Scott I know, Hopkins but, says that loyalty is a wonderful thing in most businesses, not professional sports. Exhibit A, Gar and Pax from the Chicago no, Bulls. Don't right. get us started. Right. But like, you got to have some type of loyalty. Like, you, you, it's had to be some type of loyalty. Like, you work your butt off. These guys been working their butt off since OTAs to get to the point at the end of the season. Some of the teams making it to the playoffs, they like, oh, I, we made our goals. The Bears didn't, but you still got to have loyalty and you got to have like a respect for your teammates and your coaches. Like it's just, it's too, the sport is too hard for you not to have a, a respect and a, and a loyalty to your teammates when you're playing with them for that one year. So, I mean, Justin Fields did what he's supposed to say. I Anybody get up there on the mic going to say the same thing. Let's yeah. say... <laughs> some other guys. Yeah, it's some guys that's been in the league that talk and say whatever they feel on their on their mind and it goes straight from their brain to their mouth. But you know those guys. We know those guys. And they, those guys are always remembered in the league as being what? Yeah. Buttholes. Yep. Passes. <laughs> like, sure. come on, let's be real. But see, and I, and I want to kind of like not to invoke AB, not this AB, but the AB. But Justin, to me, came off real polished in that answer like you said like it was very scripted we've heard this for 20 years but you know i'm gonna need him to grow some facial hair because he looks real spin doctorish you know he look like a baby right. <laughs> he does right. don't he uh. it takes me back to what you kind of said like you have to earn the right to not even berate but to kind of publicly even speak your mind to the point where somebody might be like you know what he's got a point like yeah. i'll never forget when Peyton Manning, they lost the game, and he's like, you know, would have been different if my idiot kicker hadn't went and got liquored up. But that's Peyton Manning. He can say that. Right. You know what I mean? Justin is not there yet, so I agree. Yes, we would have liked a little bit more like, well, you know, I wish Coach Maggie had used me a little bit more. Maybe we, you know, would be a little bit. But I know he can't say that. Not now. But if you give him true serum, I think he's going to speak about Nagy the same way he speaks or the same way we speak about Nagy, you know, all you got to do again, roll out the Cleveland tape. I think he still hates him from that game. <laughs> I don't think he ever got over that. He, because he, that probably was does. he probably does. But also remember this, we're talking about a guy who we suspect didn't even want Justin. So that dynamic might come into play too, guys. Let's not let's not take that with a grain of salt. And that happened, and that's on every team. That's every draft pick, every first round pick, second hot picks. Yeah. It's gonna be some coaches that love him, some coaches like, man, I want to tackle, or we need a 
we need a defensive end. We don't need no receiver. So it's always going to be like that. So you always got, like, you got, like, I think he did good to me personally. Like, yeah, I was going to say, he seemed real polished. He does what I do, too. He just kind of looks around the room. He doesn't really talk or, like, look at anybody in the face. He's just kind of doing this and just kind of looking around. And I'm just like, bro, look at the guy that's talking to you, at least. I think that's just, that's just being young. That's just being that's young. It. He's still trying to prove himself. Like, he ain't – Justin Fields ain't proven nothing in the league. Like no. <laughs> even with this year, he he ain't proved nothing. Like he still next year he's gonna have to show that he can make the next step. Because yep. I guarantee you, if he don't show what he could do next year and the year after that, by the fourth year, we're gonna be looking for the next quarterback. Oh next God, year. please no. But that's how it works. So that's why I say, like, if you ain't proving if you ain't doing nothing, and even if you proven it, you gotta do it consistently. Once yeah. you did it consistently, now you could get in front of the camera and say how you feel. Tom Brady yeah. can get up there and talk about it. Yeah. Because he's proved it. But if a rookie getting up there talking about what a coordinator should do, like, come on now. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, you got to earn them spurs. You got to earn them before you get the. <laughs> Before you get to kick the horse. <laughs> Let's just hope that whoever his coach is next year has a better rapport with him, right, Ryan right. Day. Let's just hope whoever it is, maybe Ryan Day, <laughs> that there's a better rapport with his coach because that matters in the league. So we're going to get to these questions uh, now. But yeah, <laughs> you know how I'm going to be. You know me. I've been fighting Ryan Day, guys, all week. I'm ready for it all day. <laughs> so our buddy Keith Sperry answered his <laughs> lingering question. He said, so story oh, wow. came out today that ex-players came out and went to have a meeting with the McCaskies, Jerry Azuma. Mr. Peanut Tillman, Olin Cruz, and a lineman that starts with W. Not sure who he's talking about there. Do you support it and back it? Yeah! Absolutely I support it and back that. I want Warwick to go in there and yell and holler at them and say, guys, we need to redo the structure of this team. We've got to start doing things like every other team does. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Stop the car. They went to George, supposedly, and had a meeting. <clears throat> Work, if I'm not mistaken, all former Bears are considered alumni and have an audience or the ability to seek an audience, right? Yeah, yeah. for the most part. Those names? Well, pretty loved Bears, right? Right. <laughs> right. I was going to say, Brown was you a Those are some pretty heavy hitters, like. And, and I was saying the the offensive lineman, only one I could think of, especially when I played, was probably Big Cat Williams. Big Cat Williams, that's, that's what I was thinking too. But who, those who some was a great names. player back in his day? Yeah, but I was the end to I was kind of surprised that that list didn't include Lance Briggs and Alex Brown myself because they are very close with Owen, and I figured they might have enough say with what they do to get in that meeting as well. But as long as somebody gets in there, speaks on him. I also heard that Bill Polian and also Tony Dungy had a meeting with him. Hopefully that one went just as good too. I'm not into the Bill Polian thing as much, but, but the Tony Dungy, I'm all for Tony Dungy. To I, we, but we already know what the Tony Dungy thing is. So I do too. I do too. That's, so, that's like the worst kept secret. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so the other question here we had is from our buddy Christian Shauna felt if I said that wrong, I apologize. With the season ending injuries too soon to be free agent, Michael Gallup and Chris Godwin is Allen Robinson now the number one on the free agent market list this offseason? Absolutely not. He's not. Devontae Adams is. 
Will he draw the most money is what I'm asking. How much of an impact will this down year for a AR-12 have on his money this offseason? We kind of think it's, We do a little bit. We kind of sprinkle it. But I don't think it's going to matter that much because someone's going to overpay him. Someone's going to look at the situation here and think, I can I can make him better. I can really put him up here. I think he's probably hitting the market at 17, exactly what he made this year. I know he wants 20. Maybe somebody like the Jets or someone like that overpays him. I don't think so. I think it's just going to be around 17 million. What do you guys think about that? And also our buddy Alex Acevedo. What's up, Alex? How you been? Warwick, do they invite you back? They're going to because the bigger we get on this, the more Warwick's voice is going to start being heard. Uh, He's going to get an invite. Right. Yeah, I've been I've been invited to, you know, I get invited every year to like alumni games and stuff. I just I just don't make it down there. I need to because I and I always said I want to go see some of the guys like Zoom and all them that I play with just like just to say, hey, what's up? How you been? How's life been treating you? But yeah, they always they always invite me, and I always get stuff from the, the Bears. The Bears are actually a good organization. They send me, like, jerseys, like oh, some jerseys. They always send me, like, alumni letters, and they always – no, I'm always invited to, like, the alumni gala they have every year. So, the so Bears – what kind of cool. jerseys do they send you? They actually send me, like, a, my plate, my jersey. Like <laughs> Oh, your jersey? Oh, your real jersey. Yeah. That's dope, man. I did have a box. They sent me, like, in a Bears box. And it, when you open it, it's like my extra jersey. Like, we still oh, got the stitches and the yeah, – Yeah, that's awesome. So I was just surprised that they kept it. But then when I was, like, on social media, like, guys I played with from before I played and after, all of them got the jerseys. They sent all the guys jerseys. From the year they played, they actually gang-worn jerseys. So the fact that they, they kept the cool. jerseys, I was like, they must have a warehouse <laughs> or some type of storage where they keep all memorabilia. So – but uh, Boy, I would love to find that warehouse. Holy exactly. cow! There's probably all kind of stuff in there. But no, I think uh, I think Allen Robinson's still gonna get decent money. Like, yeah, it's gonna kind of hurt him because teams gonna want to ask him why were you hurt? What was the reason why you didn't like kind of at least keep the same numbers? Mm-hmm. Why are you want fighting to be the number one receiver for as what we saw on film? And then you know it's gonna be hey, I was with Nagy, or I was with a team of offense that really didn't work with me, and that's. Like you said, all coaches have a chip on their shoulder. All coaches think they're the best coach. You can't become an NFL coach same with a player, like not thinking you're the best offensive, defensive coordinator, head coach, whatever. So they're going – he's probably – I don't think he's going to break the bank, but he's going to get decent money, like – because he, he does have talent. I know I, I talk about him, and I, I'll be – I'd be like, man, I don't know about that guy, but yeah, – We're talking about talent, though. I'm we You and I, we're talking about heart. I know, but they don't. Allen was a little. That wasn't a question. They don't play on hard, though, JB. Right. They don't play on Most hard. Allens don't play like that. I, I yeah. can promise you both that right now. Right. Like, Allens don't do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was questioning his heart, man. For real, yeah, that's, that's hard. Heart don't get you dollars in the NFL. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Lorenz, he's actually a moderator for our <laughs> pair of fans with a brain Facebook we'll group. Says nine, that he thinks know. he's going to get nine million max. That's. I don't think so. I think someone's going to overpay him. Teams I'm, I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now, and I'll give you the reason why. Remember why I said he had to play that last game? So, right now, there's the Raiders who are struggling at the wide receiver position with some off-the-field issues and yeah. possibly getting a new head coach. They got a little bread to spend. I can see Allen Robinson getting a three-year, $15 million deal and going to the Raiders because they need, need him. Yeah. 
15. That's not a horrible fit either, JB. Honestly, it's not there. Because like you said, somebody will think not that they can fix him. I was thinking somebody will think he just need to change the scenery. Yeah. A lot more money than that. I was thinking maybe (laughs) like the Patriots too. But with the lowest, the low production that he had this year, a team can always say, hey, look, look at the guys that's making 17, 18, 19. You didn't do what they did. Yep. They definitely gonna use that against him, but then they also gonna he also gonna counter that with saying I was with the Bears, I was with Matt Nagy. Like yeah. he wasn't he, used correctly. Like, but then they can come back and they can an injury. They so, can yeah. rebuttal that on him saying saying that well, you know, the other three years you were with Nagy, you had pretty productive years. So what happened? He gonna make up something. He had, that's what you have an agent for. <laughs> the spin doctor. They're yeah. gonna get in there and say, Hey, it didn't work, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, our buddy Hunter here says that Hunter Hunter Renfro, or that's right, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, well, Henry Ruggs was their number one, but unfortunately, yeah, Yeah. uh, Renfro is the number one connect because that's all he have. (laughs) Oh, that bit would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and remember, Aaron Waller got hurt, so he didn't have have Aaron Waller on top of a Rob and Hunter Renfro. That's a pretty good three. Three set right there. That's it not just, bad. And they got Josh Jacobs at running back. That that could be yeah. a good offense. You just gotta have a good O line for that. But but yeah, that's um that's looks like that's all the questions we got right now, guys. So we are actually going to move on to the next topic here, and we're gonna hear from our buddy Mister uh, Tayshawn Prince again, but this time on the Vikings. Hey, Tashan, yeah, Tashan, I'm just wondering if there are any lingering ill ill will or anything from the last game when things got kind of a little chippy there. Um, you know, honestly, I it's 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 nothing that's been said. I think that the the task at hand is for us to go out and 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 obviously get a win first and foremost. But I don't think that it's any ill will. If it is, it's not nothing that that, that we have harped about. It's nothing that we've talked about in great deal. Uh, maybe it's been personal um, conversations, but it's nothing that's been that's been brought to everybody's attention. So you know, we understand that it's just another game for us to go out there, another opportunity to go out there and win a football game. Just another game, my. I know it. I know that this man is ready to get out there and fight. He's ready to go. The team should be ready to run. They don't forget about that stuff. Warwick, this question is on you first and foremost. Do players forget those kind of games, or do they put that up on the board? Of course you do. We t- we yeah. Thank players. you. Okay. okay. <laughs> players are human. Players are human. Like, it's guys we like and don't like. It's teams we like and don't like. They remember the Vikings. They remember everything that was said. They remember every push. When I played a team, I can remember every guy that pushed me out to play, every guy that said something about my mom, every guy that, oh. you know? Oh, no. And you be like, okay, all right, I remember next game. That's just how it go. But you're not going to say that in public. Like, that's like that's like that's an art of war, right? You don't tell your enemy what you – what you gonna do and what you what you know, like you just like, oh, okay, we just gonna go in there and play. But best believe in sitting in the meeting room, linebacker saying, Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, Davin Cook, yeah, we're gonna we gonna make Davin Cook feel this for the last game. <laughs> mm-hmm. We definitely gonna get a hold of Davin Cook and whoever, whatever room you're in. So you just you just don't say that like it's just not how you you don't make it bulletin board. Right. You don't right? wanna you don't, you don't wanna bulletin board, you don't yeah. wanna give your opponent a reason to play hard. You want them to think like, oh, we're just going in this game. But yeah, you you're gonna talk about it all the way on the plane, 
when we get to the to Minnesota when we're in the hotel in the meeting rooms that night. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sherry Green just chimed in saying, "Remind them they lost to the Lions." <laughs> Damn right. That's all you gotta say. Yeah. Hey, never like, give the press what they want. You're right. Yeah, right. and that's what I was gonna say. Like that's what keep the press and that's what keep the blog and the sites going is you going back and forth with players. Like you don't, yeah. you don't get into that. You like, hey, I'm gonna do my job. And do I remember? All the stuff that happened last game, of course I do. And I'm going a, I'm to a try to correct that this game. But other than that, hey, it's just another game. I want to be healthy. We're going to go in and play good. We're going to go do our assignments. We prepared all week. And next question. <laughs> but in your mind, you're like, of oh, course. Cool. Oh, yeah. If I get a chance to pop him, oh, I'm trying to you knock his head off. Somebody's head off. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, come on. <laughs> JB, what do you think? So I'm looking at a couple of things, man. <laughs> you got a list. Look, again, with the F-bomb, sorry, mom. F the Vikings, man. Oh, man. I'll give the bulletin board material because I'm like this. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is on restricted protocol, COVID protocol, or your $84 million guaranteed contract is up, buddy. But I'm, I'm Robert Quinn. Hey, I'm coming after the sack record, the NFL sack. I'm coming on your ass, boy. I'm bringing some heat. That's what I'm talking about right there. And then as far as them thumpers out there, hey, no disrespect. I think Justin Jefferson is an up-and-coming top wide receiver. But he going to pay. He going to feel it. Right. No Adam Thielen. They're a little a little um, worse for wear on that line. And I want my offensive line. Sheldon Richardson must pay. He yes, must man. pay. Yes. I need Borum. I need Ball. Somebody just – I need face, dirt, all that. Right, all JB. That. And that's how we talking in the locker room and in the meeting rooms and on the practice field mm -hmm. all week. But when we get in front of the media, it's hey, we respect those guys. They're a great team. Right. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a hardworking team. They had a tough season just like us. But hey, they they still gonna fire. We respect them. We just hope it's a good game. Nobody get hurt. Next question. <laughs> and that's what well, you you have to be like that. Well, I. I think Tevin Jenkins, above all people, should be playing in this game, starting at right tackle, put him out there immediately. And the only film I'm showing before this game starts, I'm I'm pulling the offensive line in, and I'm showing Justin getting beat the shit mm -hmm. out of play mm -hmm. after play after play, and him on one just sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Where am I? I'm waiting for him to go try to grab his car keys because he's so messed up in the head. He doesn't know where he's at. I want to see – that and I want to see Tevin Jenkins running up on that line and no one defending him. <laughs> That's what I want to see. And I want to look at all of my offensive linemen and go, what the hell? I want this kind of intensity that this man's bringing out of all five of you this whole game. Have each other's back. Do not embarrass ourselves and our teammates on the field and go fight <laughs> for your team and go fight for your pride, guys. You can't let that happen. You cannot let that be the end of the season note. If there's another game like last time, I'm going to go crazy. I swear to God, you got to end this right. You got to end it on a high note. Sherry Green chimed in again with another question. Do you think they need a new category for seasonal records with another week? Absolutely, yes. Asterisk the shit out of it. But you know they won't because but, remember the 12 game season. Like we've been through this before. This right. is exactly what happened before when we had 14 games, when we had 12 or whatever before. So it's always going to happen. Records are made to be broken. There's only a few records that we are really going to look at over time and think that they can withstand the real test of time. And those are ones like, you know, I'd say Jerry Rice's 
records. There's some pretty hard ones to get there. You know, Tom Brady's going to really make it hard for players to get certain places when he's 45 years old and he's still throwing the ball at, at that big of a rate. But what do you guys think about that? So I'll, I'll, I'll go first. So uh, great question, Sherry. But again, like you just said, records are meant to be broken. And especially now with that extra game, remember the extra game isn't for the records. The extra game is for the revenue. Yep. So it's all money-based. We might have this conversation, tell them work 15 years from now, and it's 18 games. Exactly. <laughs> well, Hunter, if you remember, um, pretty sure the Cooper Cup's pretty close to some of Calvin Johnson's yeah, it's, records. It's night. 19 and some change. He's got it. He's pretty he's close. close. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's definitely pretty close to his yardage record. If yeah, that's yardage. What speaking on, yeah. Yeah. I personally I never cared about no records. I want W's. Like <laughs> sir. Like Absolutely. to me, like, and <laughs> I'm not saying that just because I'm like, I ain't never break no records, <laughs> but <laughs> I just never really cared about records. I cared about wins and like my my teammates respect and stuff. So mm-hmm. Like records and accolades come when you win, and like to me, that's like the byproduct of having a successful team and having a good team. So, I I never really cared about records. So to me, I'm like, man, I could care less. Like, but I don't know. Like records, like you said, they meant to be broken. So they always gonna it's always gonna be somebody eventually come and break it. So right, and then even even in this situation though, like we said, adding that 17th game, right. Do we discredit the record anymore any less? No. No. We don't. No, and it's not fair, Hunter, but you could go on, you know, way before our time and say the same thing about what all all the older guys back then, whenever they changed it from 14 to 16. Like, they have the same arguments as we have. Well, 12. Go back to when it was 12. 12. Then to 14. Yeah. I mean, you can really look through history and find it unfair at an unfair advantage, but always remember that, these players are getting stronger, bigger, and faster every year. The level of competition is getting better every year. So the way that we grade these guys is on level of competition and how they handle adversity mixed with stats and wins. That That's the way that I look at it. I kind of mix it all up in a bowl, and I kind of go off of that. There's not one set stat that really puts it over the top for me, but championships. But you can't even always go off of that because look at guys like Bill Russell, who played in a league where he didn't have that many teams. They didn't play that many seasons. Right. You can't justify Bill Russell being the greatest of all time just because he's got 11 championships, can you? Absolutely not. No. So you've got to look at the body of work as a whole with, with each player. That's but why there's no people that say that Joe Montana's the best because he's got five. But his level of the competition he had with what he had on his team – predicates that he's number one other people say tom brady right but i want to bring something else to people's attention too with the 17th game as a player work that's just another game that i might potentially get hurt in yeah so it's not always about the stats i gotta play another money because that that extra preseason game i might not play in that game yeah jb like you said it's just (laughs) another revenue game that's all it means like (laughs) like that's all it is like I don't think I don't really think teams care about records like that. That's for like stat guys and stuff. Like they just want wins. Like you say, you want Lombardi trophies. Yeah. <laughs> That's what records you want. That's all they care about. And how Damn much right. if they if they in the red or if they <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's all they care about. So 
we're gonna have a special segment today. Uh-oh. Okay. It's not anything. It's not necessarily Bears related as much as it is football related. But we have to ask the question because it's what everybody's talking about right now. <laughs> I already know. Warwick Holdman. <laughs> what do you think about what Antonio Brown is doing right now to the? entire national football league not just tampa because he's not just going after tampa he's going after the league with these comments what do you think about what he's saying right now okay red pill time (laughs) all right first it's just the it's the 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 times we're in right now like we're in a time now we're in a we're in an era right now where everything is tweeted we already talked about it hunter You'll have to go back and listen about about how we feel that Justin Fields really thinks about Nagy. Yeah. We don't think he likes him too much. So you All could right. go back and kind of listen to that. But thanks for asking the question. Uh, what I was saying, we're in a time now in an era where everything is tweeted, everything is posted, everything is shared. Anything you do, it's, it's going to be a paper trail or electronic trail of it everywhere. So right now, first of all, the way he left the game and the way he conducted himself was not professional. And that's the part that I didn't like. Like, if he hurt, that's between him and the coach. Because if I'm talking as a player, I'm on a team with A.B. I don't care what's your hang-up or what's your, what personally you got going on with the coach or the front office or whatever. That's I wish what we were on a team together. Man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that A.B. Oh. Yeah, that one, that one. <laughs> yeah, like, because uh. <laughs> I'm like, if you hurt, if you actually hurt, then don't play. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna come out there and put your uniform on and get on sideline, then you playing. If you saying you able to play, then play. But don't like walk out on the on the game. Like, <laughs> like we need you to win, especially at that time. They was they were trying to beat the Jets. They was they was <laughs> they would still have to win. They was they was in trouble game against the Jets. <laughs> like that was that have been a crucial game if they lost that game. So that's what I'm saying. Like. At that point, we playing this game to win, and we all got our backs. We all got our livelihoods and our how we eat on each other back. Pretty much, when you play football, that's just how it is. If you want to be an individual guy, if you care about yourself, you should have played tennis. You should have played golf. Yeah, you should have ran track or something. If you cared about, if you just care about a b. Now that's just me personally. Like I said, I don't know the ins and outs. I just know how he handled how he handled. The situation was was unprofessional, and you just don't do that. Like, and then even if you don't want to play, even if you get to the point where you want to walk off, why do you have to make a spectacle and why you have to bring all the attention? Like, why you have to take your shirt off and throw your shirt in the stands? Like that stuff to me is just that's more about him. That's about him want the attention. To me, that's just him being selfish. Which at this point, even if and that's and another thing about AB, he like the boy that cried wolf. Like, even if they are, even if they, even if it is some dirt that you have, because it's always dirt. It's always dirt. And I don't, and I really don't think he got serious, seriously mental issues. I think, I think he just, our buddy Hunter here says that right. Antonio is seriously mentally ill. He needs to be medicated, but his statement made sense in some ways and others he didn't. He might have been torn up off opioids. If his statement was accurate. Now, if this was his first time pulling this stunt and this just happened out of the blue, I might say something going on. Yeah. The guy have a track record. 
does. Once you a long track record. Unless you, unless you have a track record that's just like your criminal record. <laughs> it's going to be hard to convince a judge or somebody that you didn't commit, you didn't rob something if you got 12 robberies on your <laughs> on your record. Right. Like, right. <laughs> so this guy didn't been a distraction on a lot of teams. Talent-wise, no den- undeniable that he a talent. Like he at this at the, at his age and he still can run routes like he run routes and could cut. That's great talent. But it's just his it's just how he interacts with teammates and coaches and how he like when you play a, a team sport like that, it's the team over over your over you. That's why I say records don't really matter. If you're going just to play for records, now you only caring about you. You're not caring about with the team. So in that point. AB caring about his incentives, if that's part of it, because I know that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't want to hear about your incentives when we try and win games and win Super Bowls. And <laughs> I don't have no incentives on my contract, so I don't care about no incentives. I want to win. My incentives, if I win, I keep I keep making money. That's the only thing I can say. So that's why I say the way he handled it was bad. Oh, my God. So Troy Palomar, oh, our, our buddy King Troy, <laughs> says that he's innocent. Pay him. Man, please. My buddy Fat Mike from – the Fat Mike Sports Show on 1252 said the same thing. He said that he would still take him. Would you still take him at this point? Because I definitely would not. Yeah, some teams going to take him. Come on. Come on. We're talking you about the NFL. I actually heard that that one of the reasons why they weren't releasing him yeah. was because they didn't want somebody else to scoop him up and that if, if they just the kept playoffs, paying him, the yeah, yeah. that makes then, sense. I wouldn't then, release him either. No, why? Because then as soon as the season's done, he can't sign with another team. If they release him, then he can. But go, go, go. Let's, let's, let's go back, fellas. Here's the thing. And work, we kind of test on that backstage a little bit. Every time somebody does something, we have to stop thinking that it's mental illness, mental health, some people are just clowns and do clown type shit. That's just the bottom line. Because if you really want to do your research, 2020, a court-ordered mental evaluation was given. Court-ordered, mind you, which means the, the judge said, you go get evaluated. That mental evaluation came back, said that Antonio Brown is fine. Mentally. But he's like a perpetual little child. He's like a pouty child that's is spoiled. So let's say all the things he did say, because MRI said he's got broken fragments in his ankle. We're not denying that. But you know what speaks volumes? Instead of those antics and that BS he just pulled, if you sit on the bench in the sideline and just do this. Because now all 22 cameras are watching. Why are you sitting there? What's going on with AB? And then if Bruce Arians did tell you to get out, guess what he's going to eventually do? He's going to walk over to you sitting and tell you to get out. Right. Yep. Now there's your credibility. Now you, like you said, what we were talking about that before, the boy that cried wolf. Now I can believe what you're saying because you conducted yourself professionally. Right. Not saying he's wrong, but now how can I really credit what you did? Okay, yeah, they mishandled what you had going on, but you still got to answer for what you did, man. You're doing jumping yeah. jacks, no shirt on, and 12-degree weather in the Meadowland. Like, what, what are That's you all I'm saying, too, man. It's just... And people it, will forget what really happened to you because of the foolishness you just pulled. And it's 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 on forever now. He's it's, never going to live it down. There's no way he can. infamous. Yes. Forever. Forever. Yeah. And does not deserve a contract at this point because he's Pittsburgh. snitching on people. Yeah. He tried he to snitch on Pittsburgh. people there, too. But think about it. Let's, let's look at the track record. Did it in Pittsburgh, 
right? Mike Tomlin. You did it in, in Oakland, John Gruden. Right. And he was there for like a day. You <laughs> did it with the Patriots, Bill Belichick. And you did it with the guy that you just literally won a Super Bowl with who advocated from you to the coach that really didn't want you, being Tom Brady. Yeah. Right. And he's dogging Tom Brady now, too, I heard. Hey, the oh. man that you live in his house and all this stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Like, let's pump the brakes on all the mental health. Some people are just that – they're just that clownish. They really are. And they're very self-absorbed. Yeah. I mean, there's – there's an old saying I know. It's it's kind of a country saying, and, and it's you know after you change the horse so many times, you've got to start looking at the buggy and thinking it, it might be the buggy, not the horse. Right. So after the fourth stint with him, still causing issues, still still crying wolf, as you already alluded to, Warwick. Right. How many times do you keep giving this guy a chance, even though he's one of the top receivers at? Whenever he's at his, you know, peak top of the game, he's a top five, uh, uh, five guy. I don't care what anybody says. He is. Receiver-wise, absolutely. Absolutely. But you can't jeopardize what he does off the field <laughs> for your entire organization, can you? But how soon we forget the little favors. Remember, he was suspended, right? Yes. For what? Fake vaccination card, right? Yep. Guess when the suspension was actually labeled? While he was off nursing his ankle injury. Yeah. That, to me, that's doing you a favor because right. we want to get you a chance to get your bread. Right. Which I'll is a whole other topic that we don't even need to get on that. How, no, no, but, how but, horrible that is. Like, but, but it's like, like the, do, but the domino effect, it never flows in his favor. But he always is the first domino to fall, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he one of them type of guys that's is always gonna be somebody else's fault when you like like they like think how many teams probably and we don't even know all the times teams didn't bend over and bend the knee to A B. Like, but the first time they don't bend the knee to him, it's the team fault and everybody like come on, like no, nah. especially like I say, you in a you in a man's sport. <laughs> you yeah. know, a real man's sport where you earn, you eat what you kill. Like, come on, men like I can't respect, like, players going to be like, no, nah, nah. And that's what I was going to say. How do you, remember I asked you, how do you even play with that guy now? Like I say, this is how I eat. This is how I pay my mortgage. <laughs> this is how I, I make sure my daughter go to college and have a good life. I need you to go out there and catch balls so we can win. And you're going to do, I don't know what day you're going to come out, when you're going to come out the locker room and not want to play or not feel like, or feel like I ain't playing for you or you ain't talk to me the right way or you ain't throw me the ball enough. Like, no. Nah, I'd rather not have you and fight with guys, like I say, that's going to come out every week and play hard than with a guy who's super talented and you never know when the diva going to kick in. Like, Thank yeah. you. And, and, and again, like everybody out there, we are not discrediting mental health in any way, shape, no, form, or no. fashion. We're just looking at what the numbers have suggested. We're looking at what – because everything that you do, whether you've been arrested for this, that, or third, it's all public knowledge. These are accounts of what has actually happened. That's all we can go off of. If, hey, I'll tell you what, if he faked a mental health evaluation to get a, a, a seal of approval, he's a damn good manipulator. Hell, that's a problem in itself. I think he is because, man, I think ever since that Vontez perfect hit, he's just been a you different that, kind of yeah. guy. And I haven't seen anything that really shows me otherwise because I felt before. And when he was really coming up with the Steelers, when it was him, Le'Veon Bell, 
you know, also Big Ben who had his own issues. We don't need to get into that either. But he always seemed like he was kind of even keel on the sideline. He wasn't going out of line or anywhere like that. And I looked at him and I'm like, man, this dude could be Jerry Rice, but better. He's got the right attitude. I thought he did. And then after that Vontez perfect hit, he just came back and he was just a different guy after that. It didn't seem like he ever really found himself after that and started making all these excuses, kind of like what Warwick and you were saying. I don't want to say that it it's stemming from that, but I think that either there's a coincidence with, you know, the contract changing after that kind of game, you know, maybe other stuff, but there's definitely some issues there with him and so, he does need help. So you're saying he don't know how to conduct himself like a professional, but he know how to follow all the other rules. If he was, if he had no mental issues, we should be hearing about him going out after the game, fighting cops. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, but. So he act right all the other time, except with football, he don't know how to act right. Like, come on. Well, yeah, but do you see him running around crazy everywhere all the time? Well, I think whenever he's on a team, he's invested in it, and he's invested in himself so much that that's he, what he invested in. He's himself. working on his game. He's himself. working on being the best. He does right. all those things. Right. So the only, the only real viable, you know, person he has really to blame is you know the coach or the quarterback. But, but that's really not actually viable because now the account of the self-accountability has to come in because now, I mean, I don't know this for fact. I don't, but if you can go back high school recruiting, yeah. does he have this, this, this reverse type of chip on his shoulder because he didn't get recruited to the Miami's and the Florida States because he's from Florida. You know what I'm saying? Is he holding that something against like, well, Mike Tomlin, you didn't fight for me. You fought for Ben Rock. Like, does he always have that mentality? It's like, me against the world, whereas actually we're not against you. That's what I think a lot of times when people don't, and I'm not talking about like getting in trouble, because remember they used to do that with T.O. Ward, remember that? A.B., yeah. they used to do that with Terrell yeah. Owens. When yeah. you know, well, Terrell Owens never got any trouble. Squeaky clean guy, never got any any altercations, none of that, but they kept painting him to be an and me I guy and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff just follows you. Right, and he's just ramped his antics up times ten. Like I just, I just knew for sure when he told Mike Mayock, <laughs> "Dude, I'm gonna beat your ass." Like, who does that? When he was in the Pittsburgh locker room with Mike Tomlin, what he had? Remember, he had the phone out and was videotaping. Yeah, yeah. that probably, that probably, that probably happened. That probably happened more than you think, JB. <laughs> I mean, Mike probably just got sick of it, right? No, I'm saying like it's it's players probably tell their coaches or position coaches or coordinators or whatever, like I'm gonna beat your ass. No, this was the GM though. <laughs> they probably tell them too, but the thing is, it stayed between them two. Uh-huh. You know, A B make sure the public find out and he gonna tweet it. And that's the stuff I'm saying. Like, it's probably a bunch of people like, man, I can't stand your fights and like it's a lot of stuff going on in the locker room. <laughs> But like I say, it stay in the locker room. It stay in between the two people. That's why we say the locker room has to remain sacred. But when you got guys like this, and I'm not saying the work. Thank you, Hunter. The victim mentality. mentality. That's That's what. That's the phrase I was looking for. Understands. Yeah. And and I I think personally, I look at other players that have had other struggles, like a Josh Gordon. It's gotten chance after chance after chance, and now has been pretty. You know, to what we know pretty decent, pretty clean and stuff with the Chiefs. But 
talent's going to keep getting you chance after chance after chance. But at this point, those antics are superseding your talent because you're getting older. Right. I've got. That's what I'm looking at. I've got one thing on here that I can show you guys, and it might really change your mind about this whole argument <laughs> that we're having right now. Is that if you look at this photo that he took <laughs> when he was, I believe, in high school next to J.J. Watt, you're not going to tell me that this guy is all right in the head. Look at his face. He's got the gold grill underneath. He just looks like he's just different, man. Like, I don't know. There's just something about this cat that just doesn't seem like it's – I don't know. Like, look at him there. He's like, er, like, he just – you don't do that in high school, do you? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he's maybe like, well, he's just always like, been this way. And yeah, that's just, I he was good at hiding it for so long, and then once he got paid, it just all came out. I think that's just his personality. Yeah. Like I'm not, and when I'm talking about, it, I'm not talking about his personality. Like every, because it's all different personalities that make a locker room and make a team. The personality part is, like, and even with, like you said, Josh Gordon. Like Josh Gordon doesn't have a problem with the locker room and off the field. And when you talk to any coach, they're gonna say he's the nicest guy ever. Mm -hmm. Josh Gordon got a substance abuse problem. He got an actual problem, yeah, like a dependency does. problem. That's different because that's just something he fighting a demon that, you know, like he fighting a different type of demon. Right. A big demon is his, is him is himself. Himself, right. yeah. That's his demon. He His demon look at him in the mirror every day. He basically, and I, I always say, like, when you play professional sports or you play anything where you, like, the public get to validate you mm -hmm. and put you up, it's easy to get to a certain point where you get high enough where you think, like, well, I don't, I'm at this height. Like, I don't care what's happening below me. Like, that happens a lot with athletes because especially if you're uber talent, like super talent like him, like, I'm pretty sure he didn't got, hey, A.B., oh, my ankle hurt. All right, if you don't want to practice, you don't have to practice. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> he get a lot of special treatment just because who he is. So after a while, if you're going through that for years and years, that make you where you feel like you could get away with a lot of stuff. Like, I'm never – like, I'm not going to give him the same – uh, pass that I would give like a Josh Gordon, and, and Josh that's what Gordon. I was saying. I'm not gonna give him that pass. I agree with you. Yeah. Josh Gordon yeah. had a, Josh Gordon have a million chances, but his chances only is not because of what he he acting ass on the field or with his coaches or in off the field. His problem, like I say, is a substance abuse. Like that's a that don't have nothing to do with football. He's not doing nothing to hurt football except he's not being accountable because he's letting that stop him. That's the thing. But it's a substance abuse problem to me. Yeah, and that's what and those guys too, Darren Waller and Max Crosby. But they don't conduct themselves like they have a problem. Right. Like they they still they like I have a problem, but I'm not no jerk. I'm not a jerk. <laughs> I'm not an ass. Hey, you, your mic, AB. Whoops, sorry, but yeah, some people just have that gene, and some people don't. But we're gonna take a quick commercial break because I think it's that time where we're all kind of ready to hit the. Ahead, so we'll be right back. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, the John Darren team. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations and most of all, 
We truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. And that was a quick word from our sponsor, the John Darren team out of Homer Glen. Guys, make sure you get out there today and ask them about their great deals, about all the homes in the Chicagoland area, guys. These guys will treat you right. They will get it done for you at a good, modest price. Go to homesbyjdt.com now. So now, guys, we are moving on a little bit, and we're going to have to um, ask a question that I don't know the answer to. So I <laughs> ask, what are you watching? <laughs> this is What Are You Watching? Brought to you by the Chicago Clubhouse and the 1252 Sports Chicago Network. And again, this is What Are You Watching? Brought to you by the John Darren team out at Homer Glen. So guys... Um, I'm going to let all you go because my, what are you watching is kind of just repeats. I haven't finished the things that we've been talking about. I've been slacking. So for me, I'm finishing up Yellowstone this week. I'm going to finish up the Witcher finally this week. I finished Cobra Kai. My God, that was a crazy banana. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was, that kind of went how I thought it was going to go. And then it went completely on, on a different field and, I'm excited for that. I'm going to have to wait another year until next New Year's to binge watch that again. But, JB, what are you watching? Oh, me first? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I've already told you guys from last week, I'm watching Boba Fett. Right. Uh, oh, I still haven't watched that either. Only on, only I got so many things on my list right now I got to get through. What, you saw it? Yeah, Boba Fett is actually pretty good. It is, right? So, right. I, I think you'll enjoy that. But, um, Hunter hit the nail on the head here, saying that Cobra Kai is it's the corniest thing I've thing ever, loved. ever loved. It's so bad, it's good. That's exactly right. what I agree with. Our friend and resident Lions fan, Sherry Green, said that the new season of The Bachelor just started. So, Hey, Sherry, don't come on here with this shit. <laughs> okay. We don't really care. About- oh. <laughs> All right, Sherry. Beat it. <laughs> no, don't don't leave. Just don't talk about the bachelor. No, I'm <laughs> talking about the bachelor beat it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Get out of town with that. But JV continue, man. But um, yeah, but other than that, I actually am looking. I haven't seen that yet either, Hunter. But I'm actually oh, looking man. forward oh, to Sunday. It's not a show, but it's the return of Clay Thompson. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm interested in seeing that. That's yeah. okay. Okay. Dang. I'm pretty bored. Oh, God. Sherry Green, again, a resident Lions fan, comes in and says, <laughs> okay, fine. How about 90 Day Fiance? I watched 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> and I like it. 
I actually <laughs> watched a couple of them. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's just kind of like, how do they just keep falling for this over and over again? It's hilarious. It's ridiculous, and you know it's fake. Nobody, nobody thinks that way about someone for that long and gets strung along for that long and just lets them do it. I look here. I just can't. Um, I can't imagine someone that emotionally weak. Well, you just need just let pure... somebody beat the shit out of them mentally like that, JB. Anybody that's in a relationship and you think you're having a bad night, you and your lady or you and your guy, just sit down on Sundays and watch an episode of 90 Day Fiance. It'll fix everything. You'll be like, <laughs> it ain't that bad. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you going to really think whenever you get yourself in a situation where you're marrying somebody you've known for three months? I mean, right. come on, get, get out of here with that. Like, it's just too hard for me to really get down on that, man. Sorry. Our buddy Hunter over here says that Juice well, World uh, documentary on HBO, Chicago Legend. I got to check that one out, too. I went to, that. Went to, he went to HF. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm, I think it's the same. It's that it's that time right now. It's like a kind of dead right now. Uh I'm I'm into Yellowstone, obviously. I didn't got into it. I didn't Yeah. I watched the first, I watched the first episode and kind of got into it. It's it, hard it, not to after the first one. It started slow, you know, but the after slow. The yeah, first, the first yeah, scene is like intense and crazy. I mean, the the when he killed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you should. Okay. Are yeah, they on like the fifth that, season? They're on yeah, the fourth. But, but yeah. okay, I just started what, watching it. This is what I say. When it first started, yeah, the first thing when the the wreck, yeah. you know, the blah blah blah. <laughs> that part had me like, okay. But then after that, they start kind of building the story, and I was just sitting there like, all right. The end, the end of the first episode what got me once they got the shooting and doing the real stuff. That's when I was like, oh, okay, they actually kill people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you don't even know yet. Yeah, don't they yeah. have a prequel show? Yeah, yeah. it's um, 18... That's the show, right? show I was telling you about the other time when I was yeah, like... You, yeah, right, you sure the did. Origin, yeah. The origin yeah. show. The origin. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to catch up. So but supposedly like said, season four of Yellowstone is like kind of bad because they're 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 kind of force feeding you it yeah, okay and i don't know about it yet because i'm literally about to start season four probably today or tomorrow yeah so. it's just like once i watched that episode and i watched the next and i was getting into it i would say my right now my favorite character is i don't even know his name but it's the rip. guy that met it's the guy that messed with the sister rip the killer, the, rip. <laughs> the, the he do all it's that hard to not love rip man you know <laughs> Beth are like the goats, right. <laughs> like period, like male right. and female goats of the show. I like him. Period. I like him because he just keep it clean cut. He say what he mean. He say oh. it. He just hey. Even, <laughs> I like that part. You haven't I, even that, uncovered him yet, man. He's got layers to him. You don't even right. know. That's my favorite character so far. I like obviously I like Boba Fett just because I like I like that stuff because I feel like those the series that they doing now is better than the movies because they build I, they build more into it. Like you get to understand like what's going on. You I see the like character I, development. They get more yeah. depth, yeah. With the movies now, it's just like they start here, then the next scene they hear, and then it's the end. Hey, I really? like Boba Fett because this is all the stuff I I always wanted to know. Like, wait, if he got knocked into the, how did he? You know, how did he, get how out? Did he live? Yeah. Like, you can I, say it. 
everybody's seen Star Wars. And if you haven't by now, my God, what's it, 30 some years old? Right. Yeah, he got knocked into the Sarlacc. Like, how he's still around. Like, what's going Like, come on. Then they showed that part. But they explained it. Yeah. Yes. I loved it. Hey, work, as you can see, I'm a Star Wars guy. Right. That's, that's, I'm a, that's I'm a, signed I'm a, by George Lucas, by the way. Oh, oh, nice. I know yeah, what I'm thinking. I'm a sci-fi guy. Right? I'm a sci-fi guy, movie guy. So I like I like I a good story. So that's why I say like, nah, I like Boba Fett and like how they've been doing with the Marvel series, like with the Lokis and all that type of stuff. I just like the fact that they actually building and let me know like what was like deep into the character instead of just yes. he a bounty hunter and he did this and this that. Now they showing me. Oh, I didn't even know like he he cool with the Tuscan Raiders. I don't right, know. we never knew that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I'm learning about them, so I was like, "That's what I'm watching." Really, just like, like you said, it's really just trying to catch up because it's so much stuff. Every week, y'all give me a new show, and I ain't even started The Witcher. Like I say, uh, I know I'm two, I'm two episodes in on The Witcher. Like it's just so see. much. Like I gotta. <laughs> there's a lot, and there's other things we haven't even got to. Is what's Monday, guys? College football national oh, football championship yeah, on Monday. That's what I'm really watching on Monday. I think everybody's watching that. So I mean, wait, I who's your pick? I'm I'm saying come on now. I'm going Georgia. Ooh. Oh, what? <laughs> Are you? You're going against the almighty Bama? Because wow. revenge game, huh? Not just the revenge game. Cincinnati played them boys very hard. Cincinnati's one of those teams, though. Like Cincinnati's never gonna really get themselves out of a dogfight. Like they just seems that that, that defense kind of they played well enough. They just stayed on the field, and and unfortunately the offense couldn't get in. But if you really, as y'all watched that game, that was a very well fought game. Yeah, and I think an amped up Georgia team. I think we're gonna have a surprise. Yeah, I was actually gonna save this other one for next week because I am gonna start this show. But our resident Lions fan again, Sherry Green, dropped in and said Ozarks actually comes out on the twenty on the twenty first. Mm-hmm. I have not watched one episode in my life, right. and I was saving it towards this moment because I wanted to wait until they brought the last season out and just binge watch the whole thing. I have, I've watched like three episodes, maybe four, and I just couldn't. No, I mean. I heard the first season's really good too, but and then like I, Jason I, Bateman and Jason, and that's yeah. why I didn't want to yeah. ruin it. But like Jason Bateman doing what Jason Bateman is doing, I, like I not acting serious and well, no, in the, just in what the drug world or whatever yeah. it is they're that's, in. Yeah, like I just I, I kind of have the premise about it. I just haven't. I haven't. Ooh. One of my friends just messaged me. He's watching the show. He goes, "How have you not watched Ozarks?" <laughs> <laughs> like literally, just out of nowhere, he's like, "You haven't watched Ozarks." Hey, what? Come on, man. You're on the Disney Channel, there's a little bit of a um, preview. Obi-Wan Kenobi's coming out. Oh, that's going to be nice. Oh, that's going to be nice. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. I love that. Hey, Sherry, you're talking to a guy that's never seen The Wire, so. It's I haven't either. Never seen The Wire? Come on. No. <laughs> all I hear is how it's season four is the greatest, like, I guess, piece of work of all time. The Wire is what kind of started all these type of... I just couldn't get into it. This and then all these type of... I, hey, I'm an Oz, Soprano type guy, you know. That's I what I was I never even... I watched the pilot of The Sopranos like like six months ago because my friend made me. And you I watched The Sopranos? Oh. So... Boardwalk <laughs> Millionaire, like, I mean, Boardwalk Empire. Like, I'm that... That's what I like. Sopranos. So, Warwick, the other week on the Chicago Clubhouse podcast, I... 
had to really um really mm. take the heat because I've never seen Godfather. I've never seen Goodfellas. I've never seen any of that stuff. Yeah, who no. is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a massive list of gangster movies I got to watch. I didn't even watch Scarface. I haven't seen Casino either. You haven't so, seen Casino? Oh, my nope. God. You, you haven't seen saw, Casino? Nope. I just saw Scarface like two years ago. Um what? I just never got into gangster movies. Like, but you I watched Cobra Kai. <laughs> but I watched stupid like cartoon humor like South Park and Rick and Morty and stupid like yeah. Family Guy, but I've you know, never I watched that stuff, Family Guy and all that for years. But like, you gotta watch good. You gotta watch Goodfellas though. Goodfellas is I. That's on my list. That's heat, what they tell me. Heat. Heat. Uh, nope. You never watch Heat. No, hey, Heat was crazy. You never watch Heat. That's a classic. I got a list. I'm, the list is just gonna keep getting bigger. Now you're talking so about like, something to start off like, like, damn. I got an off season. Like, let me tell you, like, I got a big off season of shows that I got to get to. I just had to get through all these new ones that I want to watch. Stranger will, Things Four is coming out pretty soon, so I will we're say gonna have lot, to watch lot, Stranger I, Things. You know? I will say a lot of these movies I watched because I played and we used to be on planes and hotel rooms. So. Yeah. DVD. That was back in the DVDs, and we used to share DVDs. And <laughs> so I, I drove watched, five minutes to work, so I didn't really get to fly to work. Yeah, I watch. I watched <laughs> a lot of these movies. Just hey, but I didn't watch a lot of movies. But yeah, you gotta you gotta watch them. Like those are classic movies. Like I classic will. Movies. And you guys are going to really get my reactions on that. And yes, Sherry Green, I'm. I shouldn't admit it, but I wouldn't just be myself and be honest with all of our adoring, loving fans that we have here <laughs> if I didn't admit that I hadn't watched something before. So <laughs> if it embarrasses me, it embarrasses me. It Wait, is what Tombstone? It is. Tombstone? You haven't watched Tombstone? Oh, <laughs> you never watched Tombstone? Come on now. Doc Holiday, come on! No, I'll be a huckleberry. I know who Doc. I, I've I've heard the line. I just oh, never my. seen the movie. Posse. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, he watched, if he ain't watched Tombstone, he ain't watched Posse. No, sorry, man. You gotta watch Tombstone too. American <laughs> Gangster, like Yellowstone and stuff. You don't like Tombstone? Like that's that's exactly what it is. That's like, I just need to get a list of like everything in in order in chronological order of the way I should watch it too. That's you ever seen the Quick and the Dead? I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Every given Sunday, he's, I know he's seen that. Any given Sunday, any given. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, any given Sunday. I've definitely seen that. It's a football movie, of course. Program the program. I've definitely my, seen the program. That's my favorite. Okay, I'm just hey, I'm I didn't talk know about you, sports movies. That's different. Football. Like that's oh, a different genre for me. You know what I forgot, guys? I need to watch Menace to Society. I already have way <laughs> no, ahead of you we, on that one. Bro. Yeah, tell you, way you, ahead of you on that. We'll one. say that one for you. Say Sorry. that one. <laughs> no, if not, look, if none of us saw that movie, I'm logging off. I'm with yeah. the wrong group. <laughs> but yes, man. A movie I want to see. I didn't even think about this. You know that Kurt Warner movie came out. That's actually been rated pretty high from what I hear, and it's doing good in the box office. Too. But, but is, is that a Disney movie, though? It's going up against Spider-Man, but... Yeah, I don't... Well, wait, wait. Is it a Disney movie? Though? I don't think it's... I think it's one of their sister stations. Yeah. It's pretty much Disney owns everything anymore, so pretty, pretty much, much anything you watch, like, StreamYard's probably owned by Disney. We're probably some product of Disney right now. Right. <laughs> Kirk Warner seemed like a nice guy, but I'm not interested in seeing his life story like that. Like, <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to see because <laughs> I've never funny. seen a real movie like that. Because remember, Michael Orr came out and said the Blind yeah. Side was full of shit. 
So oh, I've yeah, never yeah, seen a, yeah, a, a, a football guy from a real person's perspective movie. So I was like, maybe this one is the one. So I actually went to school with a couple guys who ended up becoming like directors. Okay. And one of them made um, a couple movies about our town and like our area. Like our town, Watsika, is actually the first town that ever has a recorded uh, possession way back in the 1800s. And also we have a road that they call Lanterns Lane where supposedly if you go down the road and you shut your car off and you flip the lights off, there's going to be a light at the end of it that shines and like kind of comes towards you and they made movies about this kind of stuff too yeah like they just came out with a movie called lanterns lane and i haven't seen it yet but supposedly it's it's kind of that way too it's what type of paranormal activity shit is that it's a small town man like that's what we do like 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 small town scary story dumb stuff like that have you tried it i i don't want to ruin it for everybody but i'm told it's a hoax and i'm been told by some of the older uh, generation guys that used to do it they had like a setup to where it would perfectly go off for them off of like like the gas off of the field or something would reflect the light that they turned on and it would shine in the road perfectly so i think it's fake um the possession stuff there's a lot in there that could really make me feel otherwise about it 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 just depends how you feel about ghosts and all that stuff well you got now wait a minute you got to be possession you got like and possession and then you got like well here's the thing about it (laughs) you had you had this girl who got possessed and then years and years and years and years later a girl down the road the same age got possessed as well and started rambling off stuff from when the other girl spoke that she could never oh. know about. So that's why a lot of people think that this was really the, the first recorded actual possession that they could prove correct. So like there's a whole there's that's, that, no, that's interesting. We've had like documentary people in the city. We actually still have the house. They they show it all the time. The people that owe it or um they like bring people in and they do Ouija boards and all that white noise machines. I went in there one time on a little tour and the room that they were doing the white noise machine in behind me, there was actually two doors. There was nobody on either side. I was the last person up and the door behind me slammed shut and my hair just went bing and I literally ran out <laughs> because I could literally feel something just taking well, over around. Hey, what, like, hey, look. I just got this weird feeling and I darted down the stairs and I ran out. It was when you name. watch Amityville, what did that house tell you? Yeah, Chris out. Lenz. Chris Lenz is <laughs> yeah, from exactly. Watsika. So Chris Lenz knows these stories already. That's why he's not intrigued by it because Chris, Chris grew up around here just like I did. He knows the stories. Not everybody does though. And Sherry, you can go there. You're you're not a teenage girl, so you probably won't get possessed. So you should be okay. <laughs> but you never know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. House tell you to get out. I'm gone. It did, and that's exactly what I did. Like I got this. Good call, AD. Don't be very feeling. And there was literally like like this weird staircase, like just right there. And I just I was like, 
boom, out the door, out the back. I'm like, I'm never going in that house again. That's how much it freaked me out. Yeah. My hair was up. I could feel something just right here, just like, <laughs> like, like almost pressuring on me. And I'm like, I got to get the fuck out. <laughs> like, no way. I don't know why you even in now, first of all. <laughs> I went in there because hey, what, my we mom. Hey, we like, see you when you get out. My <laughs> mom. You in there? No, I'm saying, actually, would have been like, like, when you get out, we'll be waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, my mom was actually, um, she was really into, like, ghost hunting. Whenever she was younger, she had, like, a ghost hunting team that they would go on adventures and stuff to, like, haunted houses and cemeteries and stuff. My mom was obsessed with it. My ex-girlfriend was as well. So they all kind of conned me into going, and I was the one that ended up freaking out which I was laughing at them in the beginning. And at the end, they were all laughing at me because I was like, there's no way that this isn't real. Like, there's no way that they could have made that happen the way that it happened. There was nobody behind me. And I looked. I went around and looked. There was no footsteps. It's it's an all-wood floor. You would hear somebody running. Like, there's no way. Like, there was no one hiding in the closets. There was nobody hiding anywhere. And I was like, done. I'm going to stick to football. <laughs> yep, yeah. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, Our you. buddy Dark Spectra here says Ouija boards are a doorway to another dimension. Hey. He's absolutely right. I'm I wish, on that too. I wish mom was alive to tell you even more crazy stories because she's hey. got a hundred of them, man. The most you'll get out of me is the new Scream movie. That's it. Oh, <laughs> you ain't getting I that out of me. I'm, <laughs> I ain't getting none of that. I'm staying right here in my dimension. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> My feet are planted on this one. Man. But anyway, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break and going to try to get back to football, not scare everybody off with this nonsense talk. No, this side. No, this side. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring it back down to earth now, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Here's a word from our sponsor, Boris Beer. There was a time when high standards prevailed, when excellent craftsmanship was displayed and treated with the utmost importance. Acquire the crisp, refreshing taste of Moore's Beer. Moore's Beer, raise your standards. And that was a quick word from our sponsor, Moore's Beer, Warwick. Raise your standards. Uh-huh. <laughs> our buddy Warwick finally got his Moore's beer. <laughs> JB has his as usual, and I, as usual, don't have one. <laughs> I Thank never you, do. Thank but you've you had it. So I've had it one time and I was drunk as hell. So I don't count it. <laughs> it was good from what I remember. I remember <laughs> drinking too many of them. That's Man. that's what I remember. Thank you, JB. Thank you. Man, yeah. Absolutely, guys. Make sure that you go out today and find the nearest sales in your Chicagoland area. Just go to Moore'sBeer.com. So now, everyone's favorite segment. Besides, what are you watching? The bare minimum. Uh oh. Did it freeze again? My computer is being stupid today. Let's try it again. The bare minimum. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Number one. Number two, we are not a charity. We cannot give them the game. That's number two. 
And number three is we execute from the very start of the game to the very end of the game. And this is the bare minimum again brought to you by Morsebeer.com. So I guess I'll start her off, guys. Bears versus Vikings. So, number one, first and foremost, my music's going to go down again on me. There it goes. My, ugh, killing me today. <laughs> number one, first and foremost, just like last time, make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable, guys. You held him to 87 yards passing last time. 87. That was with the decimated secondary that we had. We, we should have guys back healthy. Yes, it's going to be on the road. We're going to be playing them in their building. I expect a better game from Kirk Cousins, obviously. But you have a good blueprint on how to hold this whole offensive unit down. Make sure you do it. Robert Quinn. Travis Gibson, I want to see more of you. You seem like you're excelling a little bit. You're starting to become the player that I was hoping you are. Put him in bad situations. You know he's going to cough up the football. That's number one. Number two for me, stop the run game. Again, another guy that you held under 100 yards. Dalvin Cook. We don't think we're going to have Hicks for this game, but still, you've got to utilize that front seven. Make sure that you get him and make Dalvin Cook just as uncomfortable. Don't get him cooking off right off the bat. Do not let him get comfortable or it's going to be a long game. Number three for me, and it's something we kind of really touched on earlier, play the young guns. Play the younger guys too. Even though this is Nagy's last game, we know he's gone. I fully expect him to give some of these young guys a little more opportunity out there. Thomas Graham in the slot. You know, a guy, a, a guy like Kyrus Tonga. Throw him in there a little more. Tevin Jenkins, let the kid play. Jason Peters is 87 years old. We love him. He's played solid this year. But it's time to move on from him. Daz Newsome, running back some kicks, some punt returns maybe. That's what he's good at. Maybe Khalil Herbert. Let's let Montgomery rest a little bit. Let these young guys kind of find their rhythm. You owe it to them, Nagy. They have played hard for you all year. Keep going with that. And number four. And the most important, give your maximum effort and play like there's no tomorrow. Because guess what? There's not. There's really nothing besides this. So put everything aside. Play for pride. Line up against your fellow teammate, your man. Play for them and them alone. And maybe the tape can show something to everybody. Maybe that's what gets you your job here next season. Maybe it's not. But you got to try, right, guys? Right. Because there's only one way to prove yourself. It's get out there and play and make yourself the best you can be. And that's all I got for my bare minimum. Yeah, good. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Go ahead, old Ward. All right. Let's see. Well, to get back to where we were there. Of course, my stuff's being stupid again. Okay. So you even talked about that ghost. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. He's messing with me right now. All right. So I'm going to keep it just like I've been saying the last couple of weeks end of the season. This is actually the last game of the season. I'm going to finish off the season. Get taste in your mouth. Even though the record, even though our record didn't turn out like we wanted it, you can still finish the season on a positive note. Like I said, you want to walk back into Alice Hall, you want to walk in that you finish the season with a win. No matter what, next year when you walk back in, it's going to be a new slate. You at least want to walk in saying we finished on a win this year. Get in. I don't care who gets in. Young guys, old guys, whoever get in. Play hard. Play like you want to win this game. 
like I said, like I always preach on here, not for the Bears, but play for your livelihood. Because like this business, like how this business works, you may be on another team next year. Everybody wants to win. I would say, I would say, I want Bears to hold like the offense down, like the defense. I want the Bears defense, excuse me, to hold like Cousins and Diamond Cook, keep them, cut them out. But they're an explosive unit. So I want, I, I, I look at this is going to be a hard game. Like you said, we already discussed. They, they remember the last game. The last time they played, it's going to be a little chippy game. It's yeah. going to be like a little an ego game. So I want the Bears to actually play, play to that. I want them to play, use that emotion. Like I said, you don't let the media, you don't let the outside know. But you know, in the locker room and within your group, what you what you want to play for. So I want them to go out there with that chip on, chip on their shoulder. I want them to finish the season with that chip on their shoulder. And give the fans something to look for for next year. That's the biggest thing. Give the fans something to go into the offseason off season positive and look for it for the next year. So that's the only thing I want the best to do. Play hard. Give the fans something to cheer for. Get ready for next year. Our buddy Dark Spectre said our record. Guess that's why we love Mr. Holman. That is exactly why we love Mr. Holman. That's why he's here with us. Damn right. That's why he's here with us every week, man. It's because he knows what he's talking about, guys. We're not just doing this for our health. He knows what he's talking about. Listen, take Warwick's advice. Warwick's wisdom is what I like to call it. Maybe next year I might have a segment called Warwick's wisdom. He knows. I like it. We're going to talk about that because he's right more than he's wrong. So, JB, on you, buddy. Okay. So, again, it seems like I'm the one to be the negative Nancy. Oh, I thought I was the negative Nancy, man. No, because here we go again. As much as it pains me to say that I want to see Nick Foles, we're going to see Andy Dalton. So I don't have a lot of faith in what the Bears should be able to do to the Vikings, right? But as long as they go out and they play hard, hey, the coach gave you four years of all he had. Go out and just play one real, real hard game for that guy on his way out the door. Whether you love him, whether you like him, whether you hate him, whether you tolerate him, hey, you all are all auditioning for your next coach, your next GM, your next job, hell, maybe even your next team. So go out and play football, have fun, play hard, right? On a side note, my bare minimum is going to be real quick, but my side note, Robert Quinn, Mm. Kyrus Tonga, Angelo Blackson, Goldman, whoever's playing. I'm not putting out the information for Bounty Gate, but all I'm going to say is this. <laughs> I want to see Kellen Mond play quarterback. Yeah! <laughs> and in order to see Kellen Mond play quarterback, I need two other guys to go sit in the blue tent. Uh. Oh wow! <laughs> is that is that the bare minimum? <laughs> yeah. Just injure uh, everybody and put yeah. Kellen no, 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 I say injure, him, but you know, if he no. if Kirk Cousins gets up one day, end. you know, let's say it's the second quarter and he gets hit kind of hard, and they say, "Hey, what's your name?" and he says, "I'm Batman." Right. I'm not mad. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, huh? You know. Well, I just say be dirty. 
Yeah, give them encouragement not to play. You know, just you go. not to. Play. You gonna learn today. <laughs> I'm getting that clip. I'm getting that soundbite. I, I you know, you know, I would like to see Kellerman play. Hell, we we almost thought we were gonna draft Kellerman. So see, <laughs> I was kind of on the fence about that one. Yeah, he was one of my uh, uh, draft guys that I had this off season that I looked he's, at quite a bit. Yeah, I would, a lot I would, of film, but this way. the feet, man, the feet. He is Everybody not. Know, yeah. That we want the Bears offense <laughs> to have all these shiny new toys and all that, but let's not forget about the defense, guys. Please, let's not forget about the defense. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an offensive position guy. I love defense. That's why my bare minimum. I love was, defense. Warwick, you know I love defense. Right, I man. had two out of my four was defense because that's where I want to see the passion from these young guys coming in. Hakeem Hicks is out. Kyrus Tong is gonna have to be that next man up on that and i'm really hoping he comes out and has a side and end of the season did you say wait you said akeem hicks last game is out uh as far as i know right now he did not practice yesterday and he did not practice again today with an ankle so who else because that means you know that shifts the line over eddie goldman is full practice robert quinn was full practice today um and so that means Angelo Blackson is going to start. Angelo at the Blackson's going to be yeah. on the end. Akeem Hicks, yeah, he was out again today with an ankle. So it's yeah. going to be Blackson. Uh, it, it's going to be Kyrus Tonga. It's going to be those guys. And well, we you know, really I love the other I, I like stuff. that. I like that Tonga Goldman combination in a in a four three hybrid thing. But that three four. Oh yeah. That's, no. Yeah. So. I told you guys earlier in the show, and I completely spaced it out until you just said that, that I had some rumors that I heard about. Yes. And one of the rumors I heard today was that Robert Quinn could be on the market with a trade with the Atlanta Falcons mm. for mm. Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley is not happy, and they are looking for pass rushing there. Yeah. Potentially, it wouldn't be an even swap trade. You'd probably have to give them a little more because of Robert Quinn's age. So a lot of people were thinking a second or third. What do you think about that? I know what I think about it already. I, no, I, if not it's like, not a fifth or a, a fifth or sixth, I'm not making that that's trade. That's too low, but yeah, it is. Which is why I'm not probably making that trade. So, if so, I could give him two fives. Well, AB, pull up, pull up real quick. Um, what is Ridley's contract? He okay. I already know that he's got eleven million dollars next season, and that, and then he's a UFA after that. So, my reasoning on that is don't buy that. But next year, when the market cap goes up higher than it ever has, you're going to have all these all all these extra dollars coming off the books. If you use my idea. You're going to have quite a bit of extra money coming off the books. You can go get him and have extra money. You can go get a DK Metcalf and have extra money. You might be able to get both of them. Well, you might, you all financially, you will be able to get both of them, but you know. I'm just saying, you can really load up offense in 2023 if you just wait it out. Because I don't know outside of you know some of those top teams throwing first round picks at them i don't know who's gonna bite on Cal but, but here but here's the tr here's the here's the here's the thing and remember dan quinn is gone he's, yeah he's he's already left atlanta so since he's left they're kind of like they're kind of like middle of the pack it screams carolina to me for some reason it just screams like carolina is going to be all over him 
But the problem with that is this. I, don't. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> Sorry. No, run, man. The problem with that is this. The problem with Atlanta is not Calvin Ridley. It's not Kyle Pitts. No. Hell, it wasn't Dan Quinn. No. The problem now is actually an aging Matt Ryan. Unfortunately, yeah. An MVP. Of and the that defense. I'm not I'm not thrilled with that defense either. They're not, but see, they have they have a safety and a corner that are really, really productive. Yeah. Like you said, they have no pass rushing. No. But to your point, A.B., if you were to give up, if you – yes, he did. Yes, he did. But and he's allowed to because of the situation. Like, we know he's coming up for his first contract, but the comments he made were not like – he wasn't on some Antonio Brown stuff. He was just on some like, look, I don't like what's going on. The organization is not catering, blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. Our buddy Dark Spectra says in here, that would take a competent front office for us to accomplish that. Do we have that? Not yet. That's yeah. part of our offseason yeah. plan. Yeah. So yeah. if you view into our offseason, you're going to know what our plans are for this team. And we, what can give, we, we can give him a teaser. We can, we can give him a teaser. We can give him a taste because a guy like Ryan Pace would absolutely try to make that move happen. Oh, he was. He's just no longer the GM. He's going to be in a higher role, which he's going to oversee more of the operational portion. So, question for you then. Go ahead. So, if he goes after a Calvin Ridley, this is the other part of it that kind of bugs me about the whole situation is that he's got inside information about this organization already because his brother Riley played here. And you know how that ended up. It so, does. could it that does. really kind of hinder our chances at getting a guy like him? No, because Pace is who who drafted Riley Ridley. Nagy is who didn't play him. Fair enough. So with Nagy being gone, right? But here's the here's the here's the caveat of the whole situation. If you have Riley I'm sorry, Calvin Ridley come here. Remember, he's coming here in a brand new situation. He's not coming here to play for Nagy. Yeah. He's coming here to play for coach to be named. I just hope that what happened with Riley Ridley doesn't affect Calvin Ridley's decision really to come play here. Because if if you can get him as a free agent, that would be massive. Tell you tell but tell you tell me this. What's more important? Ward, please chime in. The GM that drafted you or the coach that didn't play you? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. <laughs> and luckily for us, the coach isn't going to be here in 2023. Thank but you. but what if the coach they get isn't Man, really his fun, fit? Man. Well, obviously the coach that they yeah, get, the coach, the coach that the Bears get, we have a larger list of names. Whoever they get, be it an offensive guy or a defensive guy, two things we know for sure. We have to give Justin some perimeter talent, but we cannot forsake the defense. Yeah. If you get an offensive guy that comes in here and doesn't cater to the defense at all, he's going to fail. He's going to yeah. fail. So in three to four years, we're going to be looking for a new coach again. You have to have balance. You have to have good balance. Yes, Dodge, but he, he's the walking dead. 
I'll let you answer that, JB. <laughs> <laughs> he Monday, is what we call in the profession a lame a duck lame duck coach. coach. Monday morning afternoon, because we're a little lazy here in Chicago. I expect for us to have a press conference. I expect for Jordan McCaskey. I expect for Ted Phillips. And I expect for Ryan Pace to be at that conference. So letting that it's time. It's time for that. It's time. We asked this question on our show the other night, Warwick, about who we thought was going to be at that press conference. So I said it's obviously going to be Ted Phillips. It's probably going to be George McCaskey. And it's probably going to be Ryan Pace. Do you think Ryan Pace holds on to his job? Or do you think they get rid of him? Mm. Mm. Because usually, usually they come. <laughs> usually, they usually work they a combo. It's like a, they work together. Like they, they do. usually get rid of them at the same together. Like oh, I don't. So, what I think is going to happen is this. I think they're going to go into the press conference. All three of them. Right. Absolutely. You're going to have George is going to go up first. George is going to talk about. George is going to talk about how the season went, about how everyone played their hearts out, everybody yada yada, win one for the Gipper kind of thing. Right. He's going to talk about after that, he's going to talk about Matt Nagy, and he's going to talk about how great of a job Matt Nagy did and how they're they're thankful for what he did for the organization, but they're letting him go. Next, they're going to talk about what they're doing with Mr. Ted Phillips, moving him more into the accounting role and focusing on the Arlington Heights deal, which they will talk about, hopefully. hopefully. I don't think that'll be that first Monday, though. I don't know if that's going to be that one, but yeah. they're going to kind of allude allude to him moving on in different areas, and they're going to say that Ryan Pace is now as effective immediately the president of football operations for the Chicago Bears, and he will make all of the decisions going forward with football operations until they find a GM that he can collab with. So he probably will still run the draft. He's probably still going to hire the next head coach. That's the way I see it. I don't see it going any other way. They love Ryan Pace. They view him as a son. I've said this since the before the season. I've had this feeling about this for a while, and it's coming to fruition. If they don't do that, I think he's still the GM going forward. I do. I don't think they're going to get rid of him just yet. I got to look for an excuse to not get rid of him. I got to ask more. That makes sense, AB. Like, but I got to ask you this, Ward. With all the information that we have, (laughs) we do too, Dark. I'm not saying it's what I want. I'm saying it's what I think they're going to do. Do you consider Ryan Pace a football guy? We already know Ted Phillips is a right. financial guy. Right. He's a he's the money man. Right. He's the money man. So him moving on to the CFO, the, the chief financial officer position, yeah. I'm cool with that. That's what he should so be. Anyway. First of all, a vice president or president, whatever they want to make the fancy label, of football operations, is Ryan Pace really a football guy? Or is he another analytical scout guy that moved uh, up to the ranks really, really quickly? Right. So uh, when you get that high, when you get that high up, because you know I'm down at the bottom. I'm, that's a way above my pay grade. No, no, it's no, a pay grade no, change. No, yeah. no, 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 no. When, We're I, down at the bottom. <laughs> You're like in the middle somewhere, like player wise. Like feel, we're the guys paying for the 
like yeah, to watch. I feel like, when, I feel like when you have to make those decisions, you kind of be you gotta kind of be both. Like you can you gotta be a football guy where you can look at foot, you could kind of eyeball football players and like mm-hmm. look at them and, and evaluate talent. But you also go you also gotta know how to build a team because just putting a lot of talented people together don't make a, a good team. Like I'm so, glad that's, you said that and I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, like I Team building at this point is what's most important. Right. I would say that, especially with like the Bears. With a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterback. They finna start with a, another uh, new another head coach. coach. Yes. New head coach. That coach gonna have the type of players and talent he wants. So he's gonna have to adjust to some people that we gonna, that he gotta work with, you know, like a Justin Fields or a Montgomery, like guys that you know gonna be here. Like you gotta work. You got to figure – Moonies, you're going to have to figure out how to work with those guys on offense yes. and some defensive guys. So – and has Pace has Pace showed that he's that type of – like he could pick talent and put a team together. But like you said, like <laughs> we talking about the Bears. The Bears are loyal to a fault. We just talking about loyalty. <laughs> Mark Spectra said to hell that go hire the tuna – to find the next team president and GM. Hey, hey, that is one coach that said, "Hey, if you want me to coach the team, let me buy the groceries." Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, a, I'm yeah, not, a, I'm not opposed to consulting with that type of guy. It's, but it's, you, like, you really, like, really, you gotta, he gotta be able to wear two hats. Like, you gotta be able to put a team together, and you gotta be able to like eye talent and know like what players you fit your scheme. That that's not it. Like, I'm, we're not, I'm not sitting here and saying that's an easy job. That's why they get paid no. the big bucks. That's why they get paid like they get paid. But I was just like, man, like, I don't know, like. I don't even think you have to be the best evaluator or the best scout or the best football guy. No, you, you got to put be. yourself around the yeah. right people and delegate and know how to listen to everybody's opinion and all come up with a good answer as a unit. I think that's more or less what, what he should be focusing on is, who he puts around him, who tries to make him better as a GM and his scouts and everyone. That's kind of the way that I view it. Like you don't have to be the greatest of all time, but he has to because of his ego. Look at, look at, look at the picks. Guys like that don't last. But look look at the body of work, fellas. They tell you right now, I don't know if it's an old Chinese proverb or Confucius, (laughs) whatever it is. The smartest person is not who knows all the answers, but knows who to get the right people to give you. Yes, absolutely. So if you figure today we're talking about empowering a guy who who hired certain people in certain high positions to fail, why do I want that guy to run my team on a higher level? Yeah. The top spot. Right. When you were in the GM spot, you gave me Mike Glennon. You gave me Mitch. You gave me Foles. <laughs> you gave me Dalton. Oh. You kind of was forced by our fandom. I'm going to say it. I'm going to take credit to fans to get fields. Right. <laughs> Do I want that guy picking a third head coach? Right. He didn't really pick the first one, though. Well, so Emory was John Fox. And That's it kinda, what kind of messed up 
the whole start with Ryan Pace is that he didn't get his crack at yeah. it either. I, I'll give him a, I'll give him a slide. Look what happened when he did. I mean, look what happened when he did. He got Matt Nagy instead of other guys that were out there that he could have definitely. Other guys that they told him who were better suited for yeah. the job. Yeah. But we're talking he... about a guy who flew to North Carolina and sat in the stands way up in the bleachers to watch Mitch Trubisky, who wasn't <laughs> even a starter at the time. Like, And a fan called him out and he had to give him a bunch of stuff because he threatened to tell. <laughs> <Right. him. laughs> Like, is this which I absolutely guy? love that. I wish I knew who that guy was. I would totally uh, put him on the show and just I, ask how that conversation went. I told you would. You you uh, said if I'm I hope I'm not misquoting you. Lovey and Dick Jerome were two of you. You love those guys. They were they were guys. Yeah. Dick Jerron more than Lovey, because I, I know Dick Jerron more than Lovey, but yeah. Dick was one of them guys, right? Right. He was cool. He was a good guy. How do I know that Ryan Pace is going, if I'm on the Bears now, that he's going to give me one of them guys? Yeah. I don't I mean, have the faith. You don't, personally. period. But yeah, that's why. I don't have the faith in him. You yeah. hope that he gets a GM in here quick and, quick and in a hurry yeah, like, who can help him evaluate talent better. Yeah. And let the GM. I don't even want him over. evaluating talent. I want him to pick somebody <laughs> to do the evaluating of the talent. Yeah, but who's he going to pick? I want the new scouting department. Like, hey, work. I don't know if you want to do quality control or scouting <laughs> coming up. I need you in there. That's you a lot of. Out. That's a lot of people you got to pick, JB. Like, blow it all up. And, and that's why. That's why when you change like coaching styles and stuff, that's not like nothing. Just like to oh, we just getting a new coach. Like that's a big deal because. I, and, 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 and you got to remember, like, who's going to be picking these guys? Like, yeah, you got right. to understand that part of that's why right. I said I do not want Pace picking those guys, and that's why it'd be so hard for me to just name a coach because there's so many aspects of what they job and, and like what they're gonna have to do to make a good team. Like, it ain't just them X's and O's on Sunday, it's them, like you say, evaluating talent, uh, cultivating that talent. Knowing how to <laughs> work with that talent, knowing how to adjust with that talent, like it's a lot of stuff with to make a successful team. And we always just look at it as talent, and it's not just talent. If I can say this without ruffling feathers, I think player development needs to start becoming priority one because you can have talent, right? But if you don't develop and cultivate that talent, it wait, it, it's wasted, right? It is, but it's hard to do that when you're in a, a business that's about what you're doing for me right now. Like, yeah, like that works. That works if you go like to high school or college where you get, you know, mm -hmm. a kid gonna have like four years, four or five years to develop his talent. You know, a college coach know I got this kid for four years at least to kind of work with his talent. When you get to NFL, right. you got one year. I don't care what no contract say. You work year by year, and it just. So that's why it's so that's why it's always you trying to find the next big hit. You're trying to always look so for the that's guy. even more of the reason why this guy has proven he hasn't made the one year splash. He hasn't made the big hit. Not yeah. That's not so consistent. That's, what, not consistent. that's why that's why this draft was so big for him because yeah, he no. got Justin Fields, he got Tevin Jenkins. But he so almost it looks like he got a Thomas Graham late in the sixth round, who Mel Kuyper, if I remember right, some of those other guys said was a steal in the sixth. Yeah. You know, 
you got a Kyrus Tonga, hopefully who can be something great. You got Jalen Johnson. He's going to use those as excuses to make sure he can hold his job and go, well, look what I did in these past few drafts with, with what I had. That's, that's why he's not leaving. He's not. I just don't see it that way, JP. I think this organization is brainwashed by him to the point to where there is no return now. He is going to be fixated. He is John Paxton. No, please, no. He's John Paxton. I'm promising you, JP. He's going to be John Paxton for a while. Words. We, let's have him on the show right words. now, my friend. That's what we're here for, brother. I think he's he is the new Chicago John Paxton. He is... He is going to hold this this entire organization down. He is he is going to continue to be able to make these kind of decisions. He's going to be given full autonomy of this Bears organization because they don't want it. They don't want to run it. The kids don't want to run it. Yeah, they don't want to do that part. Well, give it to the grandkids. Shit. They, they don't, don't want it, JB. None of them want it. They want to get rid of it and sell it. There are rumors out there already that they might have to sell in a few years anyway because – Whenever, I hate saying it, but whenever Mama Bear dies, there's in there's a lot of rumblings that George isn't going to have enough to hold the team because he's not going to have 20% and all the kids want to get rid of it anyway. So the other majority holders and him are going to have to end up selling. Well, that all depends on Will and all that and, and whoever she writes it into. So. Well, I don't know. I I. There's a lot of ifs right now, and that's why a lot of people think that they're doing the Arlington move because if they do it, they're going to get more bang for their buck down the road and get much more revenue and then also be able to sell the team for a lot more money because you're going to have constant generated revenue coming in the third largest market in the entire America. That's a lot. They don't want it. Grandchildren. If they don't want to deal with it, just give me the money. Because that's what it's really going to trickle down to. That's exactly what they all want. They just want the money. They don't want shareholding. They don't want to be. They don't want to run the team. (laughs) They they don't want to be that kind of rich. They want to have money in the bank rich. Like, they don't want stock value rich. Like, there's a different, like, they're not. I don't know the exact word I'm looking for here, but they are cash poor. They're stock high. So until they sell, they are going to be that going forward. And the kids don't want anything to do with it. Well, that's what I said. Like, like the whole trust fund baby thing. This, this generation don't care about that because now those grandkids are starting to hit that 30 year old, 40 year old threshold. And they want their money They're not in their teens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's not fun for them to go to Bears games and watch a losing team every year. Absolutely. So their heart's not in it. I mean, can you blame them? They've grown no. up never watching a winning football team. We've only had, what, a few, four, five, six seasons? Where I don't blame them at all. But what I do blame is this. Sad. If you put the right people in place, not only do you become winners, you do become more marketable. Because winning is always marketable. Right. Always. Yes. I just feel like, and I hate being this guy. I hate being Debbie Downer in this because it bothers me just as much. But whenever Muggsy died, I feel like this whole entire organization. And unfortunately, died that was with way it. before our time, so we don't know what could have been. But I think when Muggsy died, that 
that kind of ended our future and this is what we've gotten because Muggsy didn't get to learn from his father didn't have the same there's no one in the organization that that has that football acumen the way that George Hallis did and the way that Muggsy was learning to be you know he wanted that role he wanted to be the next generation no one else wants that the way that he did and it's Unfortunately, that's been the writing on the wall for me for years. It's just I don't think it's ever changing until they actually take the time, like the Bulls did, like the Cubs did, like 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 these other Chicago organizations have done. Blackhawks started it. Blackhawks started the whole trend with analytics and all that stuff. Rocky Wirtz and those guys. Thank you, hats off to that. We got three championships out of that. The Cubs did it. The Cubs went full analytical, right? got a whole new ownership analytical built around everything we got a championship out of that you might say what you want to say about tom ricketts but he did something no one else did he brought you a championship white Sox, rick Hahn and the boys doing the same thing started out on the bottom now they're here you know same kind of concept with the bulls the bulls finally moved john paxton guess what to a different role <laughs> just like i said and put in Arturnus Karnaschovas, who is taking over the NBA Who's a right basketball now. He's guy. killing it. He knows <laughs> what he's doing, and that's what we need here. And that's why I'm so concerned about them moving him to president of football operations. I'm hoping that's more of the lines of he's going to deal with ticket sales and all that stuff and let the GM GM. That's, that's my prayer, right. is that the only thing Ryan Pace is, is bringing you is top-of-the-line scouts. And let the GM do his job the way he wants to do it. Don't put your nose in it. Because as we've seen this season, guys, I don't care what anyone says. The Bears played Justin Fields because management wanted them to play him. Absolutely. They were, they were pressured. They wanted to play him. Matt Nagy didn't want to play him. And that's the other reason why I, I played that little clip. Because Matt Nagy said in that clip today, this, he said, that the plan was to never play Justin the whole year. So if you don't want to play him the whole year and you built an entire scheme around Andy Dalton and the lesser value version of what they think Andy Dalton is in Nick Foles, then why would you put him second on the depth chart? You put him at third in the depth chart and you let him learn and you let him build. You don't throw him in the wolves against Cleveland with a game plan that's a five-step drop with a bad offensive line, a curl, 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 flat route, as JB says, right, and expect him to succeed and understand that. And they don't understand that because the whole thing's a mess from top to bottom, and it's got to get ripped from the studs up down. And that's why JB is correct. He's 100% right about this. But I don't think that's what's going to happen yet. We have to let Ryan Pace move up a little bit now, and they're going to have to get the beating from all of us for another few years. I just hope that we get a real GM in here who can help make progress and make you know good hires, good coaching hires, good front office hires. That's what we need. You've got to start from the top or you're never going to get anywhere. Your organization is a joke. You are the only team without a 4,000 yard passer and you're the charter franchise you we cannot almost... tell me that this is a, a not a joke it's right. hilarious we're 
We're a joke to the league right now. We're bottom five. We almost finished on a positive note, too. <laughs> we are going to finish on a positive note because what I'm hoping for the future is that they've, they're finally seeing the writing on the wall. Chris Lenz says, you think Ryan Pace watches Ozarks? He's still busting my child. I don't care. I don't care about that. So our buddy Scott Hopkins said, here's a question that may have been already asked. Sorry, got caught up with the new Cobra Kai. What's the question? <laughs> what is with people today and just leaving us hanging on questions? It's coming. <laughs> here it comes. Drum roll. But no, like on a positive side of this is that the way that I'm starting to see things trend, I think they're finally listening a little bit and getting the message, guys. The you know, fan pressure is fan building pressure is getting it's, it's definitely being listened to. You can't tell me ever that it's not a thing. Because at the end of the day, when they see those sales numbers go down, when yeah. you look at the NFL game, and I don't care, everybody can tell me as much as they want to that, oh, they're going to get all the TV money anyway. They're going to get all that anyway. When you go and you watch a game at Soldier Field on TV and you see half the stands empty, that's sending a message, period. Everyone like that. sees that. I don't care who you are. So finally, Scott jumps in here and said, there's a lot of former players who are trying to get the McCaskey family to listen. Yes, we did kind of touch on that earlier. You can go back and kind of look at that. I think it's a great thing. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here is that all the voices are getting louder and louder and louder. So eventually somebody's got to hear it, right? Right. That's all we can hope for going forward is that Arlington Heights is coming. We're going to have a new stadium. Hopefully they get Ryan Pace out of the role, get a football operations president, let the GM be the GM, and let's move on to the 21st century and join the rest of the NFL, guys. That's my closing argument. So kind of try to be positive and also bring in Ryan Day. <laughs> <laughs> and JV's like, shut up, Alan. <laughs> He's no, like, get off no. Ryan Day. No. Shout out to telling mom because that's an AM guy. Right yeah, there. I didn't want to say nothing. Oh, I'm saying for you, brother. We love him. I told you I wanted him. I don't want him. Get, I don't want him to get beat up by the Bears on Sunday, though. I was kind <laughs> of. Oh, I didn't say get beat up. I just want him to play. Oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna, yeah. I was kind of on strange. the fence about. Yeah, he's gonna get like, beat up then. <laughs> I definitely liked some of his play, but there were times like it's kind of like a kind of like Patrick Mahomes when I watched him in college, but just not at like. He's like a great value version. Exactly. Like, I was going to say. Like, that's, <laughs> Look, that's, I was going to say, he's more Dak to me than Mahomes. Dak is a good one. Okay. Like, he can throw the ball. He does. His footwork is so bad. It's yeah, so bad, bad. Yeah, bad footwork, and he don't, uh, he don't like, make decisions streaky. for you. Yeah, right. He hold the ball on, but, he, but yeah, he, he got a strong arm. He got a strong arm. He could, yeah, athlete, he got a strong arm, but he don't make, like you say, footwork, and he just don't make, like, quick decisions like he hold the ball he pat the ball that's probably what he's doing in minnesota that's why he didn't hey, want to yeah. sky hopkins with with the hardball rumors here's what we're gonna do okay no jb put it ah. down <laughs> <laughs> jb put it down everyone that's watching or listening to this on audio the next days coming through i promise you we are going to have off-season talk and we are going to get down and dirty about this whole thing with Harbaugh, with my guy Ryan Day, Warwick's whoever he picks, guy. Yeah. 
Leslie Frazier for you. The We're going to get draft. down and really get into it. So, guys, make sure that you continue to watch. We're going to try to keep making the content better. We're going to keep pushing every week and, you know, try to make this something good for everybody. You know how that goes. I'm not promising every week we're going to have shows, but we're going to have many off-season shows on these kind of topics. So let's just hardball. <laughs> that's that's all I got to say about that. But I think we got one more quick segment that we got to get to. And we will get there. Oh, Mama just saying great show tonight as usual. Thank you, Mama. We love you as usual. A1, P1, number one, all day and every day. <laughs> so we got one more quick segment, and it's Who <laughs> That was just a dumb one I put together this morning. <laughs> I'm going to make that better, I promise. It was, just, I, I like it. I like it was it. a quick one I put together. <laughs> Brian likes to get mouthy every once in a while over here, sitting right, right next to me because he's all never right. heard. So he wants to know who you got, Vikings and Bears. Anyone want to go first? JB? Go, oh, Warks. Warks taking the reins. I'll go Ride first. It. <laughs> All right. So I saw Justin Fields out. Mm. I see Minnesota have Cousins and Dalvin Cook and Jefferson. It's the last game. So I'm still going to go with the Bears. I've been picking the Bears. I've been, I'm going to roll with that. But I think it's going to be a tough game. So I'm going to say 17-14 Bears. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, Finish it off. 17-14. I'm still going to pick the Bears. I'm going to pick them to win it. I think it's going to be a tough game. My score might be bigger than that, but I'm going to stick with my score, 17-14, with the Bears winning. That's what I'm going to say. Are you? So he took my score. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did I for real? My bad, Jay. No, because I, I really feel that the Bears can win this game. Yeah, I, I, have them, I have them with 17 because, in my opinion, what I feel is going to happen is at some point in the game, early second, maybe coming in halftime, Andy Dalton is going to sit, Nick Foles is going to come in and win the game, and I got them winning by a field goal. 17. Oh, wow. Man. You got crazy good drama in that yeah, game, huh? Details, huh? You got Nick Foles being Nick Foles at the end of the game, huh? Hey, give me the... <laughs> <laughs> you got the man coming in and doing it again. That would be a high note for them at the end of the season, but unfortunately, there's got to be a Debbie Downer, and <laughs> I got to be the Debbie Downer, guys. Right. I think that this Vikings team is just as pissed off their backs have been against the wall. Their coach's job is on the line as well, too. True. So you got to remember that going in. Their injury report, it's pretty ugly right now. But a lot of the guys that they said were out are actually practicing. Um, we don't have as many, but we obviously know all, all of our injury history this year. It's pretty bad. But they've got a ton of guys that were not practicing and limited that practice today and that were limited again as well. So I'm expecting a lot of the Vikings to play. I can't say that about Hakeem Hicks. And we knew what happened whenever Hakeem Hicks was out last game. Well, not last game, but whenever they played the Vikings and he was on the sidelines, Dalvin Cook went ran all over him. 
So unless I'm seeing a step up from that, I expect more of the same. I expect Dalvin Cook to get his. And I expect the Bears to play a little better on offense this game than they did the last time they played the Vikings because hopefully we have a new referee crew. Mm-hmm. We don't need to get to that either. But I have the Bears 16 and the Vikings 20. I think the mm. Vikings are going to get a couple field goals and a couple touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, I can almost book him getting another touchdown. I almost want to bet it. I'm feeling so good about it because I don't think Jalen Johnson's going to be on him the whole game. I don't think they're going to put them in the right schemes to do the right things. And that's been the story of the season. So unfortunately I have them losing the last one, but can't win them all. Can you? And I also predicted them to win six games this year. So that's kind of the other reason why (laughs) I went against it because I did predict them to win six to seven, but I'd like that. So that's it. And mama came in here and said 24, 13. So, So mama's disrespecting them even more than me. (laughs) <laughs> and what yeah, mama says goes so we all know how that works here so all right closing thoughts anybody no. bueller bueller uh no just end of the season last i'm looking forward to the all season i'm looking forward to see what's happening with the all season i think the all season is going to be more entertaining than the season actually i agree <laughs> i so, it's going to be on it's going to be on this show i promise you guys that. that's what, I'm watching. That's what i should have said i'm watching right <laughs> We're gonna, right Getting ready for this offseason. I'm and just very, next week too. literally, I'm very interested, not just in our offseason, but how we break down our draft. Because this, guys, this is going to be one of our most crucial drafts, being that we only have five picks. Yeah. And this is like, this draft will be more important than any other. Free agency will be equally as important because we got a lot of holes to fill. And not a lot of glue to fill them. Yeah. Not a lot of glue to fill them. Absolutely. And I I can't wait. I can't wait to dive into this stuff. It's kind of some of my favorite things to talk about is the offseason moves, the, the potentials. Um, I'm really looking forward to maybe getting some guests in here. Maybe I might have some talks coming in about some guests in the next couple of weeks even, too, to come, come in here and maybe talk with us about some stuff. Maybe former Bears players. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's all we got to do is keep our fingers crossed, right? And, you know, guys, again, we couldn't thank you enough for being here, for joining us. It means the world to us. I absolutely love doing this. I know these two can say the same right behind me, and I couldn't ask for two better people to do it with. So in saying that, guys, I think that's it. So we're going to start off by saying thank you to all of our sponsors Nick and Ivy Brewery, the John Darren team in Homer Glen, and of course, Moore's Beer, Raise Your Standards. So guys, this week, we've got some major shows coming up. So tomorrow, again, as usual, at 6.30 p.m., we've got the world's best fantasy show with Andrew, my buddy Tyler, and Jeff Schwartz. They're killing it. I think it's their last one. Unfortunately, sad, sad but true. But make sure to check them out. At 8 p.m., we've got Harry Berg with the over-under guys going to bring you those late week uh, picks to make sure that you're putting money in your pocket. Make sure you check that out. Sunday, 9 9 p.m., we've got the Hard Count Football Podcast on 1252 with my guy Jacob Charno. Harry Berg's also a part of that show as well. Those guys break down every game that's going on in the NFL on Sunday. Make sure you check them out. They do a great job with it. And Saturday night, my buddy, 
my my long friend now, David Schuster. Oh, Chicago media man is back with the Schuster Express. Yeah, he came back last week and I didn't know. I believe it starts at 8.15 to 8.30. He's going to break down all, all the games from the day. He's got great guests all the time. Chicago media guys. It's a great show. He had Perry or he had um, Fred Hubner on last week, who was on Monday night with Cubes, Views, and Brews, breaking down the Bears, the Bulls, everything Chicago sports. He has on a brewery from the Chicagoland area as well. He has owners on there. He talks beer with them. So how could you not love that? And the CJ Scott podcast on Mondays as well at seven on the Chicago Clubhouse Network. Make sure you check out those boys. They're great. I love what CJ does. My boy Diop brings the knowledge in there as well. They're a great duo. Make sure to check them out, guys. And on Tuesday, we got another Chicago Clubhouse podcast. And I still don't remember who the guest is this week. (laughs) I do this every week. You do this every week, and I I usually pick up the pieces. (laughs) I got to get a list from Terrence, man. I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure, but don't quote me. You guys love the birds in this music I got going? I just noticed there's birds. There's like little birds, birds chirping. Yeah, there's birds chirping in this music I picked. Hear it? Did you just hear the birds? <laughs> there's birds chirping. JP, this guy that like ghosts, remember? <laughs> yeah, this is a ghost guy. <laughs> this, I'm a ghostbuster, baby. He walked into haunted houses. <laughs> but anyway, guys, on Wednesday, as usual, we've got She Said What She Said. With the gals, they do a great job on the Chicago Clubhouse Network. Make sure to check out Sherry and Labrinthia. They have on great female guests from a female aspect of sports. It's great. Check them out. And, of course, my loudmouth friend, Fat Mike. Wednesdays on 1252 as well with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Check it out, guys. For me, my buddy Warwick Holman and my buddy JB here, we appreciate you guys. Have a great week and bear down. See you next week. Have a good one.